Hey, can everyone hear me okay? Yes, yeah. I can. I can hear you. Okay. Alright, uh, so we're recording, which is fun. Um, hey everyone, I am Dakota, also known as Primal Sabbath on the internet, and we're doing a IDW Transformers Comics podcast that we don't have a name for, but the episode title is Fan Wank The Origins, so uh, there's a little fun for that. Uh, if anyone wants to introduce themselves, go ahead and do it now. No particular order, just start talking. Hi, I'm internet celebrity Greg from Mercy. You might know me. No, uh, I'm Greg. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just here. Um, I do a podcast called Shattercast. Um, I'm around. I do things. I go to conventions. And, uh, yeah, I love people and I love comic books. So, yeah. Which is the ultimate goal here? I'm thumbs up and, like I'm on a video chat, but, yeah. Are we playing two truths and a lie, Greg? Because I think one of those is a lie. Okay, fine. I hate comic books. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. Um, I'm Spiros. Um, I, you know, pretty much uh, lurk in every Facebook group. Um, I'm an MMC apologist. Uh, I handle the Toy T- Detox uh, Twitter account. Uh, so I'm involved with the podcast, uh, part of the Cool Table Network, um, and I like Transformers and comic books. Hooray! Uh, he, he also works in my heart, he forgot to mention. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <clears throat> Name is Walter Young. Uh, I've been collecting comic books for over 30 years, been toy collecting for, you know, 15 or 16 I'm up here in multiple TF groups and other Facebook groups as well. Plus, I work at Walmart. Benefits of getting figures from there. Nice. So, so everyone here is, uh, I, I guess, significantly older than I am, uh, which is fun. Um, hooray for being young. So, anyways, we're going to start this off. Uh, uh, by the way, shout out to the Cool Table Network. Uh, I can't think of all of the uh, all of the episodes, but like Toy Detox, Nerd Rage, Rage Nerd Rage Radio. Uh, Stasis Lock with uh, Shattercast Uncut. I think we're, we're all kind of uh, part of that whole deal. Um, this will go up in a video form where we'll have some screenshots of the things that we're talking about uh, later on um, on the ROC uh, YouTube channel. So if you uh, audio listeners want a little bit of uh, pictures to go with stuff, that'll be the way to kind of enjoy this the most, maybe. Uh, so anyways, we're going to start off with Megatron Origins. Just kind of a brief overview. This is where, not where things chronologically start, but where basically the storytelling essentially starts for the IDW universe. Uh, if we started with chrono- 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 chronological order, fuck. Uh, we we probably wouldn't have started this for like another two months. So, is everyone in agreement? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so basically... I- it starts out, um, you see this ship just kind of landing at a mining facility, and there's a senator on it. Everyone loves senators, right? Uh, and he's putting all the workers out of, uh, he's putting all the miners out of work. Uh, and one of them, uh, a no-name, a nobody, speaks out, and, uh, looks like one of his, one of his guards just kind of, like, stabs him profusely. Uh, which kind of triggers Megatron into bashing this guy's fucking brains in. Um... Which, you know, uh, they end up opening fire on all of the miners. Uh, 
they round up the survivors, send them, or they're sending them to a penal colony before they take over the ship and uh, blow up the escort, I believe, uh, in which they make an escape to the great city of Kaon, which is kind of like the slums. It's, uh, I think they, they called it like the worst city ever. Uh, from there, Megatron gets his humble beginnings as a gladiator um, and then starts this big uprising of fighters. And eventually, he overthrows um, the kind of local government of Kaon and starts killing shit profusely, runs into Sentinel Prime, uh, and then bashes his brains in, essentially. I'm um, seeing a pattern here. And... I think that's about the, the best of the overview on that without spoiling too much and spending, you know, an hour on the story because there is a lot of stuff that goes on there. Um, at the end of it, whenever Megatron's sitting on a makeshift throne of, I'm guessing, broken body parts, uh, Soundwave asked him, uh, you know, hey, what's next? Um, Megatron said he had a few ideas. One of my favorite uh, actual lines in this book, and it's one that I, that I, I kind of took notes on, uh, was... Whenever he was going up against Sentinel, uh, Megatron said, I've heard it said we only gain wisdom through suffering, and tonight I intend to make you very wise. I thought that was some brutal gangster shit. So... Yeah, yeah it's pretty much the only line of dialogue I remember from Megatron Origins, like, you know, prior to rereading it. Yeah, it's it definitely sticks with you. Um... Anyone else have anything they kind of wanted to add to it? Any of their favorite parts? Um, yeah, I have a couple. Uh, not just these are just little incidental art uh, things. Um, I wouldn't call them spoilers because they didn't really affect anything. Um, the fact that uh, when you first see Megatron in the pits, he's uh, murdering Psykill, and then he <laughs> yeah. reveals his glorious mane of hair that's hidden under his helmet. So everyone who said that MP36's helmet was too big, um, well, yeah, he's got to hide that hair. Yeah. Uh, that was... I, I call it Megatron's party hat. The fact that, um... And you, you never know, see it, it again. You never see it again. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Um, it's cool to see how he meets, like, some of the key Decepticons, and even some of the ones that you don't think of as key, uh, but still factor. Um, like Rumble and Frenzy, I mean, that well, they were definitely main characters, but... You know, would you say they were key? Um, it introduces a lot of the early, or at least IDW version of the story, the Constructicons, which is pretty cool. Like, it makes everything mesh. Like, it sets up a pretty good foundation for stories to come. And, and just real quick, before we get too far into it, I, I mentioned this to Dakota in the chat. Um, and I just want to say, like, he was asked, or no, excuse me, I take it back. It wasn't Dakota. It was somebody else who I told I was reading the books. I'm sorry. And he was like... Um, after rereading a lot of this stuff again after a while, does anything... And I think this is important to this episode, because this really concerns the, the stories that we're going to cover. He's like, does anything really like stick out to you now after reading it after so long? And I think a lot of this... A lot of these stories feel like a couple of guys got a license and didn't expect it to go past 25 issues. So there's a yeah, lot, I can see that. There's yeah, a I lot of things agree. that happen that kind of like really like they, they they show they had a short term goal and not really a long term game. So like there's a lot of stuff that like a lot of people get a lot of characters will, will end up taken out of play that you know you you would expect to see later. But anyway, just squad was thinking about it. I want to say it because I, I forget things oftentimes. 
and bring them up later when it's not uh, relevant. So yeah. and, and anyway, you, and you say that, and it's like you know this this episode alone, we've got fifteen spotlights uh, that we we kind of you know got to burn through. And when I say we're going to burn through it, we're going to burn through it because uh, I think we're all in agreement here. Um, this isn't really the meat of the older IDW storytelling. This is definitely just kind of your bare bones beginnings. Uh, everything gets far more interesting in, in later issues, such as All Hail Megatron, and then all the way through to, to More Than Meets the Eye and, and Lost Light, where we are now, in my opinion. But it is cool oh. to have th- those kind of humble beginnings. Yeah, I will say one thing about Megatron in this arc. Like, it, it's kind of... I don't, I don't know if anyone else took it as this, but it kind of parallels a lot of like um i don't know how to how to describe them like uh like uh movies that focus on like drug dealers or like you know i'm saying boys in the hood not the movie necessarily boys in the hood but literally boys in the hood where like they start where they start off as these like you know well they're always sympathetic characters at least in my eyes but they start off humble and then you see them like kind of like not necessarily their intention but like if you look at spotlight megatron like uh like they start off as these sympathetic like characters and they kind of grow into these roles where like like if you look at megatron i'm trying to find it um where he uh he just got his upgrades and the seekers are coming up and he's laid up like a you know like a fat cat drug dealer like you know what i mean like he's laid up like (laughs) like a crime boss and he's like what do you want you know, and it's just like it was a sudden kind of almost overnight like change um, right. to show and, that like, and they offered themselves like as flyers, and you know he was like, well that's good, we, you know we need some of those. Uh, something I liked was you know you mentioned like Rumble and Frenzy, uh, but the introduction of Soundwave, you know he showed up, he's like, hey I have all of these upgrades. Uh, the only thing that I ask for in return is you just do with them what you wish. You know, just showing like outright loyalty from the beginning and then even like later on whenever Megatron had Rumble and Frenzy upgraded they're like do we really have to do this and uh, Megatron Megatron, I think he like smashed a wall or something like that and they were like yep well we gotta do it so I don't know I thought I thought that was pretty neat I also found oh man first I haven't read that story in over how can I say it has it been 10 years shout since out, it's been out? Shout out to TF Wiki. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think, I, yeah, I think it may have come out in 2007, possibly. I haven't read that story in a long time, so <laughs> I kind of regret selling it. Um, I think the relationship between Soundwave and uh, Megatron, I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought it was cool show the way they got started out and therefore bring Starscream, Thundercracker and uh, Skywarp into the fold. Right. I love Starscream's role that he played after they, they got arrested and you know yeah. they were kind of sent to jail. You know, uh, Megatron told Starscream basically everything and so Starscream's like, alright, you know, let's do this. Let's go stand before the, the judge or the senator or whatever he was. Uh, and then he mocks him, and then he pulls his blasters out, and he just shoots him. I'm like, you know, which that kind of raised a question to me. Like, they didn't give that dude a pat down, you know what I mean? Um, so, but, but I mean, but it works. And Starscream was the one that delivered Sentinel's body to the Autobots ever so uh, brutally and abruptly, dropping him from the air. And seeing Prowl get all super sad and uh, 
you know, demand the retreat. That, that's always a, a plus whenever Proud gets sad. Yeah. yeah and, uh, there's a there's a <laughs> there's a couple of things that uh, stand out as far as continuity errors, like Alita One being at the funeral, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and uh, White Prime Magnus uh, being it there too. Yeah, wasn't, really. And wasn't he uh, wasn't he like a guard too for uh, Decimus? No, Magnus wasn't a guard for Decimus. Oh, okay. It was a robot that had his color scheme for sure, like the white Magnus color scheme. Some of the, you know, and, and I, I don't know, man, like, which that was some of the, the earlier, you know, art of it. And like Greg said, I don't think they really meant to take it as far as they've taken it, at least not back then. Yeah. Well, Megatron Origin actually was supposed to be published under Dreamwave's run, uh, yeah. but for whatever reason... Uh, you know, with the folding of Dreamwave, like ID, when IDW, <laughs> sh- shout out to not paying your artists. Uh, <laughs> um, and doing so work. yes, so like it, it totally wasn't meant to be part of the IDW storyline at first, and it kind of got shoehorned in. And then, as we'll see later on, a lot of the continuity errors uh, get retconned by James Roberts and. Uh, uh, what's who who did um who did um, R.I.D. John? I want to say John Barber. Yeah, John Barber. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, because they they basically go back and like retcon everything, right? Which I think they did a good job at doing it. Um, oh yeah, I mean so they they it, they did the best with what they could. Right. Absolutely. So it was it didn't feel you know forced or out of place. Uh, but anyone have anything yeah. else they wanted to kind of add to uh, Megatron Origins? I oh yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I didn't know that was going to be a Dreamwave Dreamwave storyline. That's the first time I, I heard about it. Very first time. I didn't know that. Hey, we 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 grow every day by learning yeah, new, I mean, something really, new. I, I didn't know. I that's the first time I heard that. I didn't know that was going to be their storyline. Wow, that's the first time I heard about that. That would explain uh, why it was a lot of milling work. Yeah. A lot of milling artwork. Uh, I guess if you weren't getting paid for it, <clears throat> you might as well uh, find some use for it, right? Right. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Dreamwave. Um, <laughs> one thing, and, and I don't want to dwell too much on it, but the... Your perception, Dakota, or your not perception, but your your interpretation of the sound wave weapon scene is a little different than what I got from it. Because, um, like, I mean, I I'm not really good at talking to people without being an asshole. So just bear with me here. Oh no, no, no go for it. I'm, well, no, I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound like an asshole. Is what I mean. Like, I'm not, I'm not honestly being an asshole. I just always feel like I sound like one. Like, I don't think he was being subservient. I just feel like um, a lot of times where there's like a movement or there's like an idea, and, and none of the people are necessarily either feel like they're strong enough to lead it, or there's always a mastermind, and he's not necessarily. And I don't want to say someone's a mastermind, but he's not necessarily like he. He's smart, and he's smart enough to know that there needs to be a figurehead or there needs to be like this image of what it is and I feel more like he's 
not setting. I don't. When I say setting Megatron up, I don't mean like he's setting him up like in a bad way necessarily. But I just feel like he's setting him up on purpose. Like I feel like that was. And, and it, this this was like like Spiro said this was supposed to be part of Dreamwave, so maybe it was something that they meant to follow up on later. But I feel almost like he's setting him up, like for something later, like setting him up to like if they need a fall guy or you you know to, to, for him to have his purpose in the grand scheme, not to be necessarily the the scheme, but a part of the machine. If right. That makes sense. And and even, right, I get you. even in current you know some of the current storytellings you know we we've seen a lot of these. Uh, sort of flashbacks that Soundwave has had, and, and you know, even through like the later issues of R.I.D., how much he believed in that uh, the purity of that whole Decepticon dream, that uprising, you know, with it being you know something like take down the false primes and you know the Senate and all that other stuff. Um, how it wasn't just Megatron he believed in, you know, it was it was the movement, like you said. But it did, for for me, just looking at it, it felt it felt like it was just unwavering loyalty to the cause. Maybe not towards Megatron, I probably worded that wrong, but at least to the cause. Yeah, I hear you. It was like he weaponized Megatron, like, figuratively and literally, right. for the cause. Right. Um, so. Moving on, uh, Spotlight Blair. This is one that I wanted to touch on briefly, just because um, you kind of see what this this whole uprising, this, this new, you know, civil war had on you know, kind of the general populace, and Blair was Blair was a celebrity. You know, he was a he was a racer. Um, yeah. They're trading paint, um, but you know, it, it starts out. You know, you see Blair racing. He's at the height of his career. Um, you know, he runs into a fan who he doesn't remember the name. Uh, whenever they run, in, you know, he runs into him later on. Uh, Zeta Prime shuts down the races, which sends Blair into a uh, like drunken stupor. And you know he he runs into that same fan, and he was like, "Hey, you were who again?" Uh, and he was like, "Look, it's fine." But he hands him kind of Autobot, you know, registration. Like, um, and then he goes to the bar again, like the, the the following night, and Starscream hands him one for the Decepticon cause. You know, which you know, it, it, I liked how it showed that you know each side was you know doing their best to recruit uh, whoever they could, and. You know, later on, Blair was like, oh, you know what, I, I just kind of want to... I, I felt like he was neutral, uh, in which he then sees the death of that fan, uh, and Ironhide puts an elbow to the back of his head, tells him to stay down, uh, in which all of that, you know, some heated words with Cup and Orion Pax happen, and ultimately, uh, Blair decides to sprint off and assault Skyward, probably crippling him, being hit that quick, you know, from the back. But that was that was something I thought was neat that they they showed that sort of more civilization aspect of you know the war starting and how it affected uh, some of the the non-combatants. Well, yeah, and it it showed a lot. It showed the different recruiting tactics of the various sides, um, appealing on various personality traits uh, as opposed to others, right. and the way that that. Which, at a continuity error, um, they called him Optimus. Cup called him Optimus. Yeah, uh, that was... <laughs> um, but the way that Orion Pax went about it versus the way that Soundwave went about it. Right. Um, 
the 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 traits that they appeal to, or even I I I would say they appeal to the same traits. They just appealed in a different manner. Right. But, and and it looked yeah. like Blair was just kind. Of, he was just kind of like, well, you know, if I have to choose a side, I mean, he was it, it just speaking from like you know looking at it from Blair's perspective, he looked like he was, you know, very thinly spread, swaying one way or another. You know what I mean? Like he could have easily become a Decepticon if, you know. He, I think if he didn't see that fan, you know, kind of die right in front of him. Yeah. So. He was actually his um, mechanic. Was it his yeah. mechanic? I thought, yeah. See, I thought it was a fan because I remember he, like, signed something for him. What was his name? Um, oh, yeah, that's one of those things I didn't write down or remember. Did he sign something? Because I thought the whole thing with that was um, they were finishing up uh, the post-race and they was like, let's Let's celebrate. He's like, yeah, let's celebrate. Drinks are on me. And it's like, we're going to the circle. And then he's like, but we can't get into the circle. Um. Oh yeah, that's right. It was his, it was his uh the lead tech on his pit crew. His name was Piston. Yeah, and, and um, what did he call him? He called him. Oh shit, where is it? Parlon. Parton. 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 Yeah. But then later it shows like his his change of heart once like he actually sees how shit's going down. Um, cause he he's dead. He comes upon him, and uh, Optimus, <laughs> yeah, as he's known here, is uh, investigating him. And um, he says a friend of yours, and he says his name is Piston. And he, and then Optimus is like, I know I met him once briefly, but like. Because they show that earlier, but you know it shows that like he's kind of getting the gravity of uh, the situation. I, I think. I mean, I think that I think that whether it was intentional or not, that seems like a um, like a character um, growth there. But, but yeah. Right. Was there anything else anyone wanted to, to kind of add on Spotlight Blur? I just I liked how the world building that was done in Spotlight Blur, like, the spotlights themselves did a huge amount to just throw little drops of world building into the IDW universe, and, like, making the factions seem like political ideologies rather than just, you know, the black and white, you know, thing that most, like, 80s cartoons, you know, had going on. Like, I like how they they fleshed it out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Definitely. At least, at least these earlier spotlights felt that way. Um, some of the kind of later ones, I think they were more story driven. Like they took, you know, the the elements of the story they were trying to tell and like kind of shoved them in that. Where I think they could have just made, you know, another miniseries instead of just, you know, shoving all of that into spotlights, like the Dead Universe and the Nova Prime stuff. But that's just me. I like the way how they kind of made him uh, somewhat arrogant. Right. Arrogant, bad attitude, uh, selfish bot who didn't care nothing there about nobody. Right, which that kind of like leads into, you know, like there's a fine line between the Autobots and Decepticons uh, being that like most Decepticons were like thugs and uh, you know, they, like, they were arrogant, you know, and 
the only thing that really tipped Blur from being a Decepticon to an Autobot was the death of his mechanic. Right. Alright, cool. Um, like, yeah, I, I, I just thought it was thought it was a neat neat way to, you know, that they, they kind of added just to that little bit of background. Um, next up, we're Spotlight Shockwave, and I think this is going to be pretty quick. Uh, basically, while the war is raging on, Spotlight is, uh, Spotlight, Shockwave is doing, uh, some science-y shit, uh, where he's, like, terraforming different planets with, uh, these, these ores, which, which I've, uh, always viewed as just, like, a, a type of raw energon. Um, he arrives to Earth, and the Dinobots followed him, Dinobots with a Y, um, and he has basically, I think this is after he's already... Uh, sent these little seeds off to these planets, and he's just checking up on them. Uh, when the Dinobots followed him, they it, it was very Beast Warsy, which you know you guys know me, I'm a I'm a Beast Wars guy, because uh, they had to take the the organic uh, dinosaur forms, uh, which I like to see personally. Uh, whenever they chased him to Earth, they all got into this big battle, and then they were all buried under molten, solidified rock after an explosion. Which is fun, but I, I wanted to bring that up because of War 13 and how prevalent that is even even now uh, in, in the current storytelling. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting that Shockwave, like, is a, able to simulate rage. Like, I, that, that kind of threw me off, like, upon rereading it for, the, uh, for this episode. Right, he just it's disengaged like, his, uh, his logical... Uh, way of thinking just for rage and then went back to business as usual did it strike anyone else that the one who came up with the whole organic outer shell um concept was slag who is traditionally the dumbest of the dinobots (laughs) (laughs) even even in idw continuity (laughs) and he devises like the genius scientific like plan for what it's worth, I think that that or thirteen, um, and and just the the kind of radiation type effects that son of a bitch, the kind of a uh, shout out to not muting your uh, your cell phone, um, had some kind of like some kind of effect on their brains. Like I know later on, uh, didn't he operate on them, which is in a in a story I can't remember. Possibly, I I have to go back and, and double check on some specifics, but. Yeah. Wasn't that fault? Wasn't that the fall of Cybertron storyline? Yeah. Like, where was it? Fall of Cybertron? Yeah, I, I yeah, it was. Sworn, I could have sworn they did it in IDW, which is why Grimlock was, uh, like kind of stupid. Which he wasn't like super stupid, but he was still kind of stupid. Oh, yeah, that's from Fall of Cybertron. But hold on, there's a reason behind that too. And, we, and, um, I, and I may be getting ahead of ahead of what, what we're doing too. Yeah, it had something to do with this processor uh, being damaged, if I'm not mistaken. But we'll we'll cover this later. I mean, it's not like we need to wait for me to find the answer. But right, uh, that kind of takes us into Spotlight Soundwave, um, which this takes place in a very interesting point in time because this takes place, I think, in 19. Yeah, it takes place in 1984, um, where Soundwave was kind of on a reconnaissance mission. Um, taking his 
iconic cassette deck alt mode, which you know, shout out to the eighties. Um, he's at uh, he's he's I think he used like some of his uh, his his supersonic powers to kind of convince this construction worker to take him, didn't he? To like just kind of carry him around with him everywhere. Um, where he then runs into Bludgeon uh, and his Fasimals. And they discovered the quote-unquote Ultra Energon, which I believe was the Or 13 which plays into the stuff that uh, Shockwave was uh, doing. And um, I think they even see the, the team digging up Shockwave's cannon, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah, they start yeah. to at the end. Yeah, they start to dig up. Uh, shows them digging up. Uh, they uncover Shockwave's hand. Yeah, but I thought that was at the end of Shockwave's spotlight, or do they show it in both spotlights? Uh, oh, it was in yeah, it was in Soundwave's. Oh, okay. But I think the only the only relevance that had was, you know, hey, they're they're digging up Shockwave's, you know, body parts. Which will play kind of a role later on in All Hail Megatron, uh, you know, because they do make uh, kind of a, a knockoff, so to speak, of that cannon that he has on his hand, which is pretty cool. Uh, but any, anyone have anything like memorable from Spotlight Soundwave they want to talk about? Man, uh, <laughs> not really. I haven't read it in yeah. a long time. I haven't. Uh, I mean, I, I reread all of this stuff like earlier today, and nothing from Spotlight Soundwave really really struck up, out to me other than they were digging up Shockwave at the very end of it. And, you know, you, you kind of run into Bludgeon's, you know, group. Uh, I yeah, think which, which it sets up, you know, Stormbringer. Right. Because you see where, you see where Bludgeon got the idea to use Or 13 to reanimate Thunderwing. Right. I think it was kind of clever how they used the sound wave at the construction site. Eh, construction site. Um, well, I guess it was the dig site, but no, it was a construction site where he was. Yeah, um, kind of like how he was presented in uh, More Than Meets the Eye, the the miniseries. Wasn't he hiding out at a construction site there as well, or the oil refinery? I think, but yeah, you know, the yeah. same kind of industrial yeah. setup. And then to have them end up in a uh, secondhand shop. Uh, <laughs> In 2000, what was it, 4 or 5 or whatever? Right, and some little kid just gets in. He was like, yeah, his friend was like, you can waste your money on that if you want, but uh, I'm sticking with my iPod. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how the times have changed. (laughs) Uh, It's kind of cool, too, because um, I didn't realize it until I reread it, um, that Soundwave's ability to, like, influence organics had been touched on way back then, because they... They brought it back in uh, during, like, R.I.D. and uh, post-Dark Cybertron that he has the ability to um, essentially read, like, human minds through, like, the wavelengths. Right. But he's always done that, though, right? Right, but I didn't didn't realize they, like, planted that seed so far back in uh, Spotlight Soundwave. I don't even think they realized they did either, uh... Truth be told, but yeah, it's 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 awesome how how they they're, they're, they they kind of do touch on these older stories and bring a lot of stuff kind of full circle. Pretty neat. Uh, Spotlight Night Beat is next. 
Um, we kind of talked briefly about this before we started recording. Uh, but it's uh, Night Beach just kind of hanging out in space, solving mysteries, doing Night Beach shit. And he discovers someone selling a data slug from Arc 1, the very first arc that had Nova Primes, Aclonus, Galvatron, um, Straxus, Scourge. And Jack. Jaxus. Yeah, and Jaxus. Um, which, you know, we don't know anything about those characters at, at this point in the story. Um, but anyways, they were near a planet called Gorlum Prime, which has some significance throughout just this kind of whole entire uh, run of comics. Um, upon rendezvous, he finds that the uh, would-be seller is near death on his own, on, on you know, the seller's ship. And he makes his way down to the planet to see what, uh, similar to the vehicles of the inhabitants. Um, then he finds himself underground in front of a strange pool um, in which he decides to test the, uh, the shallowness of the water. Uh, once he puts his feet in it, though, a couple of robots appear, and they give him a good chase. They um, end up catching him, and while he's still conscious, he's hearing words like expansion and dead universe that were very, uh, you know, very uh, bolded, so to, so to speak. Uh, for for the readers to remember, I guess, and uh, at which point they were taking his the top of his head off and working, you know, working on his brain, and then his memory is wiped, and he's like, man, I, I don't know what I was doing, uh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, at which point Prime uh, hits him up, he's like, hey man, I need you to come to Earth. I got some stuff I need you to do. Um, but you could tell like something was kind of bothering Night Beat, like he couldn't quite put his finger on it. Uh, so right. Yeah, I mean, it it was G-Axis, uh, Nova Prime, like, doing the uh, tinkering in his head. Right, uh, telling, him, telling obviously... him he would know uh, whenever he knows, basically. Right. Which Interesting. Is... Oh, man, we totally skipped Spotlight Ultra Magnus. Um, but, I mean, That's... if anyone wants to touch on Nightbeat, like, I don't, I don't know, man, I... I... I, I skipped over my notes because I saw Nightbeat. I'm a big fan of uh, Nightbeat's character, like even now, in in the current comics. But I like the whole detective thing. I wish they would have done some more Nightbeat stories. Like I said, it's been so long since I read them. It's like, man, I'm up on the new, the new stuff, and it's like you got me thinking. I need to pull these books back on out and follow them through again. Uh, yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you should, but at the same time, it's like, well, at least. At least pull out Volume Five. Like start at Volume Five of the hardback covers. Just start at All Hell Megatron. I mean, you know what? I'm going to say something there about that. All Hell Megatron there to me is probably one of the greatest Transformers stories ever. Oh, I'll say it like without a doubt. Uh, so. Spotlight Ultra Magnus. Ultra Magnus. Uh, didn't he go to uh, Nebulos? Yeah, he had and to go to Nebulos. He was tracking yes. Swindle, and he caught Swindle, and Swindle was like, hey, I got some information in exchange for some freedom. And Magnus was like, okay. Like, it was the second or third time that shit had happened. Uh, because Magnus was really after Scorponok, Um Which I think took him to, like, 1988 Earth, where he, um, I think, had a run-in with Scorponok, but Scorponok ultimately evaded him, I believe. You know what's interesting about how they did the character all Ultra Magnus and that's they made him strong, military minded, doesn't had that attitude. Yeah, man, they made him a total buzzkill. Yeah. 
Right. And when he went, okay. when he went against Scorponok, it was like, wow, okay. And we saw Lord Zorak. And we're not talking about the one from the Marvel Comics. We're talking about the one that was uh, from the cartoon series. Yeah, that was an interesting choice to make uh, the Nebulans uh, like little green men in the IDW comics rather than like, uh, you know, flesh-toned, you know, human-looking characters like they were in the Marvel comics. See, I thought they were, and, and, and I, I, you know, I haven't really read the Marvel comics, so, but I thought they were little green men in the Marvel comics, too, honestly. I thought it was the cartoon. Just in the show. It was just the cartoon. Yeah, just in the show. Yeah. Were, that's uh, that's that's all right. We'll we'll learn you, Dakota, on our off weeks. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll start doing Marvel comics. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. I've got I've got all of them uh, digitally, so it's just uh, I haven't I haven't read them yet. I'm a slacker. Hey, spoilers! Jenrai was an old white man named High Cube. No. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he went this uh, this young truck driver, seeing the, the name- great American. <laughs> My name's Optimus Prime. I'm from Japan. That's <laughs> here. From the dubs. Oh, yeah, with Billy. And he's like, yeah. hey, it's Optimus Prime. And he, like, combs his hair. He's like, I'm from Japan. <laughs> 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 or I'm Japanese. That's um, that brings us to Infiltration, which, uh, I, I'm, man, it, this was such a hard story to get through. Um... Did, what, did someone want to add something before we went into infiltration? Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, which was which was very hard to get through. Um, it, it focused mostly on the human element. You had uh, Verity Carlo, which uh, I, I end up really liking her character later on. Um, Hunter, not Onion, but I'm guessing Onion is how you pronounce that? Or yep. Oneon, whatever. Uh, Onion. And Jimmy Pink, which... Uh, doesn't he? Doesn't he end up becoming friends with Spike later on? Yeah, he shows he shows up in R.I.D. Yeah, so Jimmy Pink, you know, shout out to Jimmy Pink, uh, and and it and it, it kind of revolves around Ratchet and how um, they're after this. Uh, Do they call it a palm top instead of like a yeah. laptop? Yeah, uh, which uh, had coordinates to the Decepticons' base. Uh, long story short, Ratchet, uh, it was basically like a very Cold War cloak and dagger, like espionage, like remain uh, undercover sort of story, uh, where Ratchet kind of, you know, felt his moral obligation was to save, you know, these these human young adults, teen- or teenagers, or, or whatever. Um, and he breaks cover, and, uh, you know, he gets kind of caught up, they all get to the base, Prowl scolds him, and brings up all the charges... Because, uh, because fucking Prowl, that's why. Um, and then for some reason, uh, Ratchet, Three Humans, and Bumblebee, of course, uh, because you can't have a story without Bumblebee, uh, talk him into taking them to, uh, the Decepticon bunker to help his case with Prowl, uh, which, which is smart, right? Um, anyways, uh, Ratchet and Bumblebee get their collective asses handed to them, um, by, I believe, Starscream. Um, and just the other Decepticons. That's something I kind of liked about the story. It was like, Prowl was in charge here. Like, there was no Optimus, and there was no Megatron. They were just very kind of little covert groups. Um, which, you know, I like to see more of. I like to see more, you know, less of 
that whole Optimus Megatron, like, they're both in charge fighting sort of thing. Um, but anyways, at the, at the end of the story, uh, Megatron shows up, and Starscream's all hyped up on roids, uh, aka Ultra Energon, and he thinks he can take Megatron, he is sorely disappointed and has his ass handed to him, uh, all the while, like, some shit was going on with Ramjet, and Ramjet died, uh, spoiler alert, and upon returning, upon the Autobots returning to the Arc 19 at the bottom of Lake Michigan, uh, Optimus Prime pops in. So, there was, there was that. Uh, anyone want to talk about infiltration? Uh, let's see. The Starscream tried to fight him. Of all other Decepticons, Skywarp tried to fire on him. That was the shock, that was shocking right there for Skywarp there to do. Uh, Right, which didn't didn't Starscream, uh, or was it was it Skywarp and and uh, and Blitzwing? Someone, some one of yeah. them was talking about, you know, always always bet on, you know. The... No, that was Skywarp. That okay, was in the yeah, yeah. Uh, that was in the Ramjet uh, one shot. Always right. bet on the winner. Yeah, that's right. Which was cool. I mean, it was it was it was a neat, you know, kind of introduction to um, events that were about to start happening on Earth. and um, Something I kind of noted from this issue was, you know, at the end whenever Megatron showed up, uh, you know, he kind of looked up at Prowl and I think that he'd asked Megatron, you know, someone had asked Megatron, you know, what now? And he, he just responded with Phase 2. Um, yeah, they're, they're at the base of the cliff and uh, all the Autobots are standing up there. At the end of the battle, and uh, yeah, it was Astrotrain, and he's like, "What now?" And then he gestures to the Autobots, and Megatron just says, "Phase two. Because if you look at the at these stories like um, Infiltration and um, shit, what's the one? What's the next one? Um, escalation. escalation. Escalation and devastation. It ends in the it in the comic. It says." The end of phase one, the end of phase two, the end of phase three. Like that's like the text at the bottom, right. and like they make sure they they lay it out as phases because once you get to All Hill Megatron, you're in phase six, and they introduce that concept of having you know the phases and the phase sixers, which are Sky Shadow, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, Overward, Six Shot. Um, I think my favorite part of the my favorite part, not the most well done, I think panels. Um, were at the very end of the series when who was it was the jazz and he's like it's time to call it was prime right and uh hunter's like uh i think he's already here <laughs> and you just see like big ass heroic prime like in prowl like towering over everybody like i thought that was just really well done right and, and I, I liked it was it was a change from the, the narrative of you know they crash land on earth and then they're asleep for four million years um, you know, it shows that there's just been constant fighting, you know, ever since uh, all of this kind of sort of began. But yeah, yeah, you're you're right. The the Optimus Prime just, standing there in the doorway, glistening, uh, was was really cool. Yeah, I just thought it was neat. Um, yeah. So. Um. Uh, that kind of being said. Um, 
let's let's go into Stormbringer. Uh, Stormbringer was um, this was uh, what Optimus had to deal with right before he comes to Earth and its stupid problems. Uh, Stormbringer is kind of like my personal uh, favorite from that that I think we'll be covering right here. I'm a, I'm a Wreckers fan, um, so Stormbringer hits all the right notes. Um, basically, in essence, uh, an Autobot ship that has jet fire and the Technobots on it uh, picks up an energy signature from Cybertron, which uh, at this point the planet was dead. Uh, and you see like a couple of flashbacks uh, with like Prime and, and Megatron on the battlefield saying they need to work together. Um, and then it kind of pans back to, to current day where uh, Jetfire and the Technobots are... Uh, he, he took three of the Technobots down to the, the planet's surface, and they they see these uh, these mechanoids worshiping this uh, inert winged winged figure, and they're calling it Thunderwing. Um, anyways, essentially they get overwhelmed and knocked out, and then uh, a barrage of missiles comes from the planet's surface and blows up the ship, but not before the other two Technobots could escape. Because, uh, what are Technobots without all five members? Um, anyways, uh, later on, you know, there's some more flashbacks of, you know, Thunderwing being a scientist and saying, look, if we don't, you know, do something, you know, the planet's gonna die. Uh, he tries to, uh, reason, Soundwave said, you know, man, don't worry about it. Um. It's like, shut up, Egghead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is, this is where, you know, like, Jetfire kind of comes to, and he sees he sees Bludgeon, and Bludgeon's saying, you know, uh, okay, the, the plan is to bring back Cybertron by sacrificing planets, because uh, that's a thing. Welcome to the occult, everyone. Uh, and Jetfire's like, well, you're crazy. And he, anyways, Bludgeon said he was going to use Thunderwing as the sacrificer. Uh, he was like, but you can't control him, and Bludgeon was like, well, I made this this cradle, and I think, didn't they even pull up, uh, didn't, they, didn't they say something about pretender technology? with using the cradle, like as a shell or something like that, or called it like a shell program? Maybe. Well, the, I mean, the whole thing with Stormbringer is like, uh, Thunderwing didn't perfect the pretender technology and it drove him mad. Right. Because, uh, Megatron even chastised him for even, like, considering you know, using organics because, um, you know, as you find later on in the IDW universe, uh, Megatron was, uh, like, uh, basically, like, um, the sword. He's, basi he's basically, like, a organic racist, I guess. Like, he. <laughs> yeah. Like. An organicist? Yeah, because be oh, okay. I'm sorry. He's he, he's 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 a mechano uh, supremacist. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> right. Um. Okay. So so yeah. Uh. Anyways, long story short, Bludgeon uses that Ultra Energon to kind of kickstart Thunderwing, and then he sends him straight to Nebulos uh, as the first kind of sacrificial planet. While all this is going down, Prime is. Getting alerts from Prowl, you know, Prowl's like, "Hey, Prime, I need you." And Prime's like, "No, man, I got real problems here." Uh, and you know, he, he Prime calls the Wreckers. He's like, "Hey, guys, you want to rendezvous at Cybertron? You know, just in case." 
Uh, to which Springer, Springer obliged, because Springer's a fucking badass. Um, anyways, uh, Thunderwing, I think he does spread quite a bit of destruction on Nebulos, and a couple of the undercover Decepticons there uh, radioed into Megatron, and they were like, hey, uh, Thunderwing's back, you remember that guy? And at which point Megatron was like, Okay, destroy it. You know, kill the planet. Like you gotta, you gotta blow the planet up so he blows up. You know, something. Um, which I think he get, he he got in contact with Razorclaw's group, and he he told them he told Razorclaw he's like, look, you know, when he comes or back come, to Cybertron, you bomb the shit out of our home world. Like you blow it up if you have to, because you know that that was uh that was essentially like the first time Thunderwing was around. Like another flashback. Um, that was essentially the reason the planet died. You know, the planet ended up consuming Thunderwing uh, itself. You know what I mean? Uh, which I thought was very, very interesting how they how they kind of pulled that off. You know. So. Well, Dakota, before we go any further, mm -hmm. there is something that was like left out. If I remember, if this is a tie-in or not. Uh what was the name of that series? Auto crap. Oh, I could not pronounce. Autocracy. Yes. Isn't that part of uh, IDW? All three of those. Um, autocracy. That happened. Well, I mean, chronologically, I think it it happens um, probably around that time. You know, as as in the flashbacks. Okay. Okay. But and and that's that's honestly like I, I don't know like autocracy that was one of those that would have been like uh, later on but I still wasn't a hundred percent sure if I was going to cover it or not. Um, which I mean if you guys want to, <clears throat> it's totally fine. But it, that I mean the 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 assy the uh, autocracy primacy and stuff like that like those were set like during the um the Zeta Prime, you know, like the pre the pre conflict as it officially was, like Autobot Decepticon. Right. It was uh, because post Sentinel But I mean yeah. But I mean they're they're rife with continuity errors, so I mean we can touch on them on a later episode because we could we could spend a whole episode just you know, going <laughs> through them and Going through them and picking apart where they, you know, screwed up the continuity. Right. Yeah, I, I think I think the, as, as Spears put it, the assy uh, stories, um, they really show like those points where the IDW storytelling might have started off strong, and then within the same like quote-unquote continuity, um, fell apart like, kind of, kind of obviously like towards the end, uh, and that happens a lot in. in some of the earlier stuff, which is unfortunate, but yeah. Um, which one are we on? I'm sorry, I, I had to step away. I had to handle something for like two seconds. It's it's fine. We're, uh, we're, we're on Stormbringer. Okay, cool. That yeah, Stormbringers are pretty good. I mean, that's a, that's pretty cool. Like it, it really sucks that you don't see the lead up to it. Like you don't get the origin story of Thunderwing so much. You just get but, the little the little flashbacks uh, mm -hmm. of, of just like him as a scientist and him saying stuff. Uh, what I do like it, it was a Simon Furman story, and, you know, it was very Wrecker-centric, which I think is what Simon Furman is really good at. Um, but basically, to, to, to kind of round it all off is, uh, 
you know, between Prime and Jetfire reprogramming some of those uh, automated drones and the combined firepower of the Wreckers, uh, they were able to stop Thunderwing in his tracks, run him on empty, uh, before Razorclaw gave the order to bombard the planet. Um, so, wreck and roll, yeah? Yeah, it, it was a good throwback to the Guardian from G1 and from those episodes where they were reprogrammed by both sides back and forth. Um, right. And it, it was a good callback to when Optimus and Megatron fought in the prior story uh, where he was able to shut Megatron down um, with his... I mean, it, it was basically just with his own gun. Like, it shows, like, how, like he puts his mind to something and he overcomes it. And good versus evil, or good triumphs over evil. Like, it just... It, it was just a good callback to set up kind of a theme um, in this part of the story. But it, we can get to that later. But it kind of shows what they were doing later, which is one thing that I don't think they planned on doing. But once you start getting into like, the death of Optimus Prime, like, I really think it, it, it stands up. But we'll get to that eventually. And then I have some notes for that, but... Right, and and that's, anyone. that's honestly, you know, for any for anyone that's going to be listening to this, like, we're just doing this, I think, as a as a server. We probably could have started at, at All Hell Megatron, but it is it is nice to kind of have these sort of background stories because you know you start at All Hell Megatron and then you know, but you need to kind of know what happened like right before that, uh, with with you know what happens with um, devastation and escalation, and yep. the spotlights with with Nova. Or as he's referred to as Nemesis Prime at the time, and stuff like that. But the the, the good shit's also, coming after this. Also of note, the events of Stormbringer were so uh, traumatizing to Scoop that he went from being a wrecker to a uh, religious zealot. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh shit, dude! I forgot Scoop was even a wrecker. Uh, and which I mean, he's on my record shelf, but it. Shows how much of a like non character he is, but yeah. Did anyone point out like how fantastic some of the art is, especially the cover art? Um, oh yeah, for the series. Yeah. Oh yeah, the the covers that uh, if you make put them, them all together, yep. they make a big poster basically. Yeah. yeah. Like that's 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 one of the single best examples of ID cover art right there. I have a, a po- I have a, a big print of that that. Um, they kept meant for me that uh, it's all the four combined and it's just I don't have anywhere to put it like I rearranged my room I put up some more shells and now it's just sitting in the closet it's gotten oh, sucked because it's a really Bummer. cool piece of art but yeah I think the art in this in this period like these issues was really good which contrasts to like soon coming up soon where some of the art gets kind of bad I think actually some of the some of the art and um, infiltration it was kind of hit or miss too I, I, I didn't touch on it there but is that the one where break, Breakdown shows up? Oh, no, that comes up a little bit later. Breakdown shows up, and he's like, uh, he's looking for Energon. And uh, the military's like, designation Breakdown. And Spike's like, where do they come up with these names? And he looks like a robot skeleton man. Like, it's just oh, really... Yeah. You know. That's, yeah, that's the um, that's the beginning of the ongoing. Uh, okay, I'm sorry then. Yeah, okay, so we're, I'm way when, ahead. Yeah, when we got Figueroa's uh, movie G1 de- met hybrid designs. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. I mean, there was, some, there was some questionable art like earlier on than that, too, but that's just one of the things that kind of sticks out. But 
I think yeah. in Stormbringer, I think one of its uh, one of its credits is definitely that the art is pretty strong. Oh, yeah. especially without a doubt. It's it's easier like, it's easier thought... on the eyes than than say uh, Infiltration, which I don't think Infiltration was terrible, but you know could have been better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, in Infiltration, EJ Su, or EJ Su uh, he was doing something pretty uh, unheard of, which was like watercolor comic book uh, art. So that's why um, that's why it's a lot of like light pastels and you know uh, not really crisp edges in uh, in our Infiltration. So fancy, so fancy and artsy. I, I like um, how they take the Optimus Prime design here um, f- is directly from War Within, like that area. Or yeah. Era, yeah. Era, not area, like from Dreamwave. Like, that was pretty cool, like, kind of continuity, so to speak, between the two series. So Also, the best, the best thing about Stormbringer when it came out was, like, IDW was really, really pushing the concept that it was... Just robots in space with no humans. Yeah, that's uh, that's always a plus. Uh, for for me was, at least, like that's that's why I, I just didn't care for infiltration again too. Was the, the human element, um, where I think Last Stand of the Wreckers handled that really well because it was just one human and she was in like an exosuit. Yeah, and she kind of held her own for like all of that super traumatizing shit. Uh, I, th- I think she really. She really went above and beyond with it. Well, to be fair, she handled all that shit because she got super traumatized in infiltration. But <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> what what story was it? And, and, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself. Like, where don't they like transport them to space? But they forgot to like uh, pressurize the room or something like that, and they all like fell out. Didn't they all like kind of borderline yeah, die or something like that? I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they're all like choking. They're like, oops, sorry, and they they like turn on the oxygen or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I can't place exactly which one it was right now. But, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I thought that was thought that was kind of sort of funny in a really fucked up way. Um, well, that brings us to Spotlight Cup. And as far as, like, a chronological order of things, um, you know, this is the shit Springer had to deal with after uh, Stormbringer. Um, which which they kind of make note, like, you know, basically what happens is Cru- Cup has crash-landed on a planet covered in strange yellow crystals that make him feel really good. Even though he's a um, malnourished, skinny, like, toothless mess, uh, they, they made him into a meth addict. Uh, this is that Hunter S. Thompson uh, fear and loathing uh, <laughs> Cup crossover. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Um... He basically he has like conversations with a with well, who was it Outback or Fallback or someone like that. It was a, it was a dead Autobot. Yeah, Outback. Some nobody. Uh, Half of Outback actually, to be <laughs> precise. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but that was that was oh. like during the daytime, and like he was, you know, carrying around this this bludgeoning device, and you know, if he found someone like needing help or whatever, he would just kind of bash them till they died. Uh, and at nighttime, he was uh, he was scared by ghosts and zombies. And uh, come to find out, the zombies were actually um, transformers wearing like exosuits to keep them safe from the radiation. But like Cup didn't see them that way. He just saw them as like you know zombie monster things uh, coming to get him. And he was he was actually like 
at a very critical point of like spark meltdown or something like that. And yep. that's whenever I think that's whenever Springer kind of got back and he was like, "Sorry, I was you know saving the universe." And you know he was asking for like an update. He was like, uh, "Is my quote unquote specialist here?" Uh, they said, uh, "Yes, yes, he is." And then we find out later that it's Trailbreaker, aka Force Field Guy. Yep. <laughs> uh, he loves that nickname. If you ever meet Trailbreaker in real life, he's an excellent guy, just the best. Um, also, anyway, of so note, uh, the planet that uh, Cup was on was one of the uh, thirteen planets Shockwave seeded. Yeah, that's right. Um, so they sent Trailbreaker down, and since Trailbreaker's got a Force Field, you know they didn't have to put him in an exosuit. Uh, essentially, so, you know, while Cup was having his deranged, like, coming downs, um, he sees Trailbreaker, which kind of, you know, threw him off just briefly for Trailbreaker to get him and recover him and bring him back, uh, to the ship that was in orbit over that planet. Um, at which point, uh, Springer was, was wondering, you know, was it worth it sending all of these, all these Autobots to their death just for Cup? You know, but but kind of what Cup represented in the grand scheme of things was, um, I think, I think worth it. Uh, everything Cup had done, you know, trained pretty much all the Autobots on how to fight because apparently Cup was like the first fighter ever. Yeah, yeah. That that leads to that scene, and not to give too much away, but between uh, Springer and Prowl, where Prowl's like, "I'm shutting you down," and he's like, "Well." You know, he's like, we got to do it. And he's like, well, how many? How many is too many to die? And he's like, well, you know, he, I would do it. You would do it. He's like, well, I'm telling Optimus. And he's like, well, Optimus, do you think he wouldn't be here doing it too? Right. And he's like, probably. But let's just, okay, fine. Let's just not tell him though. Like, <laughs> let's let's keep this our little secret, huh? Yeah. And, and also, at the risk of spoilers, you mentioned the bludgeoning, and I thought that was one of my favorite. That was one of my favorite parts of this issue. <laughs> The bludgeoning device is fucking uh, Sandstorm's arm. Or not Sandstorm, yeah. but uh, Outback's arm. Or Outback's that, arm, yeah. And then at that one point, he knocks off one of the... He knocks off a head, and he's like, uh, oh, Outback, always when uh, always willing to lend a hand. And, and like, <laughs> it was just so cheesy, but it was just it was just really well done. This was one of those things where, like, at first, I didn't care for the art until, like, I got to the end. And then it realized why they did it. Yeah. But uh, and this was this was uh, kind of Nick Roche books too. Like he did Spotlight Hot Rod, which uh, I decided to skip over because I don't think the Hot Rod Double Dealer story really has any uh, weight to it in the overall kind of scheme of things. Uh, as much as I love Hot Rod as, as a character, I just felt. Uh, well, yeah, because they completely dropped the magnificence as soon as uh, All Hail Megatron kicked in. Yeah. Like <laughs> everything. Everything from the Asian series and everything was just dropped for All Hail Megatron because, um, and I'm I'm just gonna establish myself as the guy with all the useless information. Um, all Hail Megatron was actually going to be a one-shot story, uh, separate from the main continuity, wow. and uh, but wow. then some higher ups at IDW decided to. Um, make it like a jumping on point for new readers and make it the ma the main continuity um so like a lot of people who had been reading the Asian stories Stormbringer stuff like that they're just like um what the hell happened 
Yeah, you know, and I, and I will say this. I wanted to save it for for whenever we did cover all Hail Megatron, but how they kind of ended up back on Cybertron after uh, getting their asses kicked. Like that was, um, like you know, at, at what point did that like happen? I thought that happened with the uh, the big six shot fight, um, but I was never really a hundred percent sure on that. It may have just been because you know, whenever I re- read all these stories, it was late at night and I was sleepy. But I, I never got the connection there. Yeah, uh, it touching on spirit. It's just that like. These are the instances where, like, like with the cartoons, like every, like what they're doing with R.I.D., like um, every um, every couple of years, they're gonna. Was it R.I.D.? Is that the one they're doing? Yeah, yeah, the they're, one, they're, the one that, the one that's every like toy tie-in comic series. No, 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 no. no. I'm thinking about the cartoon shows. Oh, okay. oh no, 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 no. I'm thinking about a different franchise, but it still works. It's like they're doing with the Ninja Turtles, like the the, the current Ninja Turtles cartoon. It's pretty good, right? I think anybody watched it. They're next year. They're going to reboot it with a 2D animation show, and there's not that there's anything wrong with it. They're trying to keep it fresh for new people, and that's something they do with cartoons, and that's something they've done with Transformers forever. And typically, they do it to sell toys, but at this point in the IDW storyline they weren't selling toys off the books but it's interesting to see how they still manage the soft reboot stuff just to like kind of like give new readers like a place to kind of grab onto even though they yeah. weren't selling toys so it just shows that like in all facets of the brand and the merchandising and the the media they still do that for various reasons i mean i, I maybe it just sticks out to me but wait it, um, you mean to tell me we could have just started at all hell megatron well, if uh, no one if, if no one listens to this episode, then yes, we can we can just start all on Megatron next time, and uh, uh, no one will be no one will be the wiser. Call the next God. one, episode one two, and see if anyone uh, calls you out on it. This will be this you will know be what? A, like episode one, volume one, and next next one will be episode two, like one, volume two, or something like that. I think in honor Wait, of the subject let's, matter. Let's this. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I think in honor of the subject matter, we should make this show rife with continuity errors. And just see if people call us out in the comments. <laughs> this is a, uh, yeah. This is this is honestly like I was I was talking to Ace earlier about getting this up on the uh, the Cool Table Network for the podcast and stuff like that. Um, we'll just release this as our like bullshit first episode, and we're an hour we're an hour and five minutes into it. Um, so that'll be for you know for the listeners to finally like get through this first hour and realize like you know fuck it we're done. Uh, this this is our free comic book day issue zero. Yeah, I was gonna say that's exactly what I was about to say. This is issue zero. <laughs> but it was an interesting conversation, you know. And you guys got me thinking, like, okay, I need to like pull out the books again or rebuy them. That's all. Right. Megatron's four issue limited series. I got to get that and Stormbreak. So I got to get those now. Hey, if you're if you're going to rebuy the books, man. Um Try to find one of those little tiny pocket-sized all Megatrons. Oh like God. I don't know, it's like about it's a little bit bigger than a DVD case. Um, but it's like Bible thick, right? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's about three quarters of an inch thick. I mean, it's the entire all Megatron. God, I want it so like, bad. Like that's that's my favorite story. Which you could just buy Volume Five, the hardcover. Uh, yeah, and because I think that's one hundred percent all Hail Megatron as well. Um, I think I paid four ninety nine for this versus forty nine ninety nine though. So. Oh my god! Um, and you just out there preaching the good word on the streets. All hail Megatron! 
Oh, dude, I bought I bought a couple of people one of these uh, <laughs> as a, a gift. It's a great stocking stuffer. Yeah, it, it just has the original publishing date in the notes of uh, 2010. It doesn't have this release uh, releases date, but uh, I got the ASI or the ISBN number for it. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool, man. It's just a good little book. It's like those. Um, have you seen those little mini versions of the comics they have at uh, like Target and Walmart in the card section? They had them last year. They might be dying out, but they had those little tiny pocket-sized collections, and they were the size of a pack of cards. Um, no, I've, seen, I've seen, uh, like, they, they they got some of, the, like, the old, old Spider-Man stories that way. I saw some of those. But, yeah. Yeah, these were, these were Transformers, like IDW, and I think it was, I think it was around when they were doing a lot of IDW-inspired toys, and I think it was, like... They're buying the toys. They're buying Yu-Gi-Oh cards. They might, you know, and so they're like, let's put the comics in with the Yu-Gi-Oh cards somehow, <laughs> like kind of like you know marketing. But um, right. I didn't buy any up because I had. I mean, I already had the stories, but uh, you know, I pointed out whenever we saw them, I was like, this is really cool. Like this is, you know, hopefully kids are buying them. So, um, all right. So uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, I'm just for the sake of uh, time conservation and. Uh, Greg really uh, really opening my eyes to this um, let's burn through the rest of this uh, within a couple of sentences um, what did I open your eyes to? Uh, the fact that we could have just said fuck this and started it all hell Megatron oh yeah I, I, that wasn't my intent at all I'm talking about like the way they did it like I, well we mentioned how it kind of like it was a new jumping off point I was just saying that that like you know, that's the thing that's common with the franchise, and usually it's to sell toys. Um, and it's just to see they're doing it to sell comics here. Like, it was just it, it was just a cool, like, continuity outside of the, of the fiction. Right. Like, a real-life continuity. It was, it was meta. It was meta, Greg. Yeah, it was meta. <laughs> but, I mean, no, I think, um, I think uh, Devastation, I, I mean, I think all that's worth talking about. All right, well, uh, we'll, we'll cover, we'll cover like, I think Escalation's next anyways. Um, and this is this is where this is kind of some of my uh, sort of favorite storytelling um, because this is where like Sunstreaker gets kidnapped and um, you know they're they're dealing more with the the machination and you know the Decepticons are still playing around with Or thirteen um, and I think the uh, Avengers show up. <laughs> uh, let's let's uh, mm, mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> That's uh. Is that really, like, does that even still kind of hold in continuity? Um, I don't honestly know, because, uh, I mean, I think it was just some gimmicky one-shot, and, um, but it's weird, because Spotlight Ram, or Spotlight Ramjet tied into the Transformers crossover. Yeah, the Avengers crossover, and that's Part of the main storyline, but I guess. Right, I mean, uh, I'm, I guess I'm not gonna lie. Like, I totally bought the single issues for that. I thought it was, thought it was pretty cool, but I, I didn't think it. I thought it was like very loosely, very very loosely fit. Yeah, it was. I mean, for the for the sake of continuity, I mean, we don't even have to talk about it more than saying the Avengers showed up and then they're gone. Right. It was it, it was it was an Energon hallucination. No, that's because Avengers, during that storyline, that was leading into Civil War, and yeah, the other half leading into the uh, Ramjet Spotlight, so... Right. That's not Lynch. I gotcha. 
Uh, Escalation, though, um, this is where we, we, we kind of see uh, Headmaster uh, Thunstreaker. And not, not to really talk too much about the toys, um, but I was, I was kind of bitching on Twitter last night, actually, um, that of all these random Headmasters that were never Headmasters that we're getting, and not we have not seen a Sunstreaker yet. And it's <laughs> out of a slap in the face, you know? Like, I would totally buy a Titan, Titan's Return Sunstreaker. Uh, just for just for that, that'd be uh, that'd be so. Yeah, I was actually thinking about how um, you think with with the way at the time at the time this came out, the way third party was going and just getting into doing figures, that someone would have attempted a either a mod for the universe was at the time, yeah. or their own figure. I think when did this come out? Two thousand eight. Which one? Which figure? Nine. It was, um, no, it was 07, I believe. Yeah, Escalation oh. was 07. Which, yeah, they were. Yeah, so. A third party was doing heads and stuff at the time, right? Like, I, think, these, I, think, you had, I think the best, like, the best we had were trailers and, like, you know, weapon. The protection upgrades. armor. Yeah. Because the, uh, fan, the, oh, go ahead. Um, I think, I think the protect, the, the fans project armors didn't start coming out until 10, I want to say, 2010. No, the fan. The Fans Project um, Cliff Jumper kit was like the first ever third party uh, kit that like gained notoriety, and that came out in like '08 because um, Classics was '07. Yeah, that's right. You know, I know that because every time someone has that thing posted for fifty bucks, they always explain to you why. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. But what they mean by I'm saying they always tell that story. That this is the first third party kit. Like well, it's the first third party like yeah, that was mass third uh, party before it was really third party. It was just like here's, well, no, a, here's mean, a rocket launcher, and didn't it didn't it come with a new head? I can't remember. I mean, it's, it's been so long. Yeah, it yeah it came it came with a new head because classic cliff jumper was just a red bumblebee. Yeah, it was a head of bumpers and weapons, right? Yep. Yeah, I never had it. I had part of it. I didn't even know it was, but, uh, it was bumpers either. To say the truth, actually, yeah, actually, differentiate the mold. Not, not to get too far off on the tangent because I know this isn't toy detox, but um, with the first like third party offerings ever were the uh, just the toys world's smallest uh, Dinobots. Really? Yeah, I had, I had those. Yeah, I had three of them before I sold them for a mint. See, I didn't. I didn't start collecting until like 2010-ish. So I, I got on with like the protector armor for Rodimus and uh, made googly eyes at the uh, armor for Ultra Magnus because at the time I was like, "There's no fucking way." Um, you know, little did I know then what I know now <laughs> that I would have spent all this fucking money on plastic robots. I actually. Um... Hello? Yep, I hear you. Somebody disappeared. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was me. Like, I was opening a very creaky door. It's, uh... Oh, you muted. Okay, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the first cases... Spears, cover your ears. One of the first times I ever bought a knockoff, um, I bought a knockoff <laughs> protector set, because I was like... Or actually, I got it for my, my birthday, because I was like, $100 for this? <laughs> no, fuck that. And then it was like a knockoff for forty bucks. Fuck yeah, I'll buy that. I'll fix it. I'll I'll fix it all day. And then yeah, we'll get us now. 
Don't don't worry, I'm not Snowflake. I won't like fly into a blind rage because he said KO. Oh, is this not is this not Doy Seasocks? <laughs> is, is Robert waiting around the corner? <laughs> Shout out oh, to the toy, toy detox, the toy detox he'll. corner of our uh, of our MPPD will be a guest star on a future episode. Yeah, the meatball sub episode. Yeah. yeah. We'll be like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll want that little all home Megatron. He'll be like, man, spit that up my butt. <laughs> well, right. figures. Anyway, moving on. Let's get focused. <laughs> um, any, anything from, from Escalation that, that you guys wanted to uh, touch on in particular? Uh, the Optimus Megatron fight. Um, oh yeah, the way almost, they set up the whole issue. Almost as good as the uh, the Optimus Megatron fight in uh in All Hell Megatron. Yeah, well, the way they managed to fit in the trailer and roller, like, <laughs> was this uh, was this where was it Escalation or Devastation where Six Shot showed up? Escalation. Okay, and, and I'm sorry, just like I was I was burning through them all earlier. Um. That was where that was where he lost, and he like transferred the matrix and the consciousness through Roller, right? Yeah. He uh, yeah. Well, Megatron was beating him, and then he got the advantage. But well, because they set the whole thing up, like they show him what do they call it this in, in this book? Orbit jumping or orbit whatever. And they show him coming down, and then you see the trailer. Like, you see him in truck mode, and the trailer comes down in the background. You're like, what are they going to do with this? And then this, the story goes on. Then he's fighting Megatron, and then um, Megatron's about to get him, and then he gets shot in the head, and then the, the scene flips around, you see Roller. Megatron's like, oh, I forgot about him. And then um, while he's distracted, Optimus pretends to die, and he transfers himself into the trailer component. And he hides out until Megatron's focused on something else, and that's when he pops back up, and he's like, I'm Optimus Prime. Yeah, and but. something, something, um, you know, now, now that you mentioned that, uh, whenever he was kind of being transferred, he felt a sinister presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, yep, which that's a setup. That's us up, yeah, for, for another good old-fashioned story. Um, but yeah, I, I really... That was that was very interesting. Like that is where I feel that maybe they could have cut the rest of the stuff and gone straight to all hell Megatron, um, because the, you know that did seem like a, a lost battle where Optimus was severely damaged. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, Megatron was souped up on that Or thirteen. Yeah. Big time, like stor- steroid up. Yeah, I was gonna say something with Decepticons and roiding up in these uh, earlier uh, IDW issues. There's got to be a subtext there for something. Well. Huh. And I get what they were doing. I mean, they were trying to establish, like, what this Phase 6 thing is, and, like, they were trying to lead up to all Megatron and show that there were phases of, like, the operations, and they did so, they did so in six-issue story arcs. Like, a set of six, a set of six, a set of six, six times six, you know, leading up to Phase 6, which was all Megatron. But, um... Didn't they skip a couple of phases, too, though? Like, didn't they skip, uh, what was it, four and five? I don't. Yeah, because Megatron oh, yeah, cause he jumps right to it. Yeah. Yeah, because Megatron's pissed off when he loses to Prime, so he's just like, six, fuck. Yeah, he's right. like, he's like, fuck it, call six shot. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, fuck my own protocol. Just get <laughs> get one of 
get one of the heavy hitters in here. Something. Which, the, yeah, we're covering that in this too. We're covering this. Uh, we're covering. Yeah, we're covering devastation. So, <coughs> right. Anyway, I'm sorry. Oh, it's it's fine. Something something I forgot to mention uh, during escalation <laughs> was whenever Starscream, you know, challenged Megatron. Like, uh, the, shouldn't that have put him on the list? You know, the list. I think uh, I think the main players are exempt from the list. <laughs> I think the money makers are <laughs> the 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 original the original twenty from the yeah I think the the nemesis crew is uh, exempt from the list. All except for Megatron, apparently. Like he he makes it to the list. Spoiler alert! If if anyone but even knows jump- what list we're talking but about, we're ju- but we're jumping ahead. Yeah, we're jumping way ahead. Yeah. That's some good. That's some good talk. Oh that's my god! Some good god. conversation. I cannot wait. So hey, some things that um, I I picked up on when reading up for the uh, this episode, like things that were brought up and then just immediately dropped, like the Decepticon secret police, <laughs> like that Bonsaitron apparently was the head of, and then like we never hear from them again. Well, they had a. That well, that was some of that like shadow toy um, marketing in there because they had uh, that Bonsai Tron Revenge of the Fallen movie toy to sell. You're you're giving Hasbro way too much credit there. Well, no, you think no so? it's, I, I think no, I think I think Greg's right because if, if there's something I've noticed is reading these stories, uh, you you look at the designs. In the comics, like, you know, you look at Sunstreaker's artwork in, in a couple of these issues, it changes not just because of artists, but I, I, and if I'm, if I'm recalling correctly, um, I heard this from a He Tell Me, um, Hasbro oh, often steps in, <laughs> yeah, Hasbro often steps in and says, hey, look, we want you to use this toy design for this comic, yeah. and it was made, made apparent, you know, like, Sunstreaker's look, you know, he looked just like his universe toy, um, I believe in, uh, like, during the Escalation period and like even yeah, right before I, yeah I remember that so. so I'm not saying that's a thing I'm not saying it's aliens but uh <laughs> I'm not saying it's Hasbro but Hasbro. Um, shout, out, shout out to Hascon weekend. isn't that going to be fun guys y'all going hell no all right, everyone's going. I'm not going. Um, <laughs> I'd I'd go if I was closer. Fuck it. Yeah. You might you might just have, Greg. You, you might, might just have to settle for. Nah. I, I you know what? If I wasn't going to TFCon and Riot Fest this year, I would def I, I might would drive down because it's not that far for the old Robicon. I will say this: like, I'm definitely going to that. Like that that kind of ticks all of the the right boxes for me. It's something small, kind of startup. Reminds me of like the older Botcon days that I never got to go to. Are they doing it? Well, I heard I've heard some different things. I don't know if this is the the forum to ask questions, but um, didn't they have that? Didn't they have that hotel like on contract from Botcon? This is just hearsay. This is what you call it a he tell me. Um, they had that on contract from uh, from Botcon, and they had to use it, so that's why it's there. Uh no, I don't I don't believe so. Like normally they do get that stuff ironed out. They normally get the hotel stuff ironed out around uh I think between like November and January or like something around that that time. Don't quote me on it. But um it, it's it's normally it's normally handled, you know, 
not as early as people would think. Like, there's only been a few years. I think there was only one year where it was, like, they announced the location a year in advance um, because they already had things worked out with the hotel. Because they, they, you know, just like any other kind of convention, like, they'll take bids on, you know, what what hotels are offering what and for rates and things of that sort. Um, this just happened to have been close and he was able to work out a deal because, uh, like, the space would have been way too small to accommodate um, any anything of, of the botcon size. Oh, okay. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm probably not going. I'm going to TFCon definitely, and uh, I'm going to ride fast. I don't know if anybody knows what that is. It's I, in Chicago. Um, what if, if you want to explain? Like again, we're we're getting a little off track, but I think it's fine. It's podcast, man. Yeah. If you, if, if you want to be part of the the Shattercast Cool Table <laughs> Network, you gotta you gotta go on tangents, man. Right. Right. Uh, Keeps it fresh. We, we got start. We got Star Wars news coming up next, all right? Uh, no, Rye Fest is <laughs> just a music. It's just a music. Uh, it's a three-day music festival in Chicago. Oh, that's cool, and, man. Uh, sometimes in uh, in Denver uh, when circumstances permit. But one of my favorite bands is doing a reunion show. Uh, there's actually a few bands doing reunions, and um, it's very eclectic. Um, like, I'm going to see... I'm going to see Jawbreaker, which I don't expect any of you to know who that is. Uh, Nine Inch Nails and Wu Tang. Uh, all Wu Tang. I, I know those last two. Yeah. All, all at the same thing. Um, oh, dude, that's 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 my scene right there. There's like, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, like a hundred and some bands, and like there's still more to be announced. Like it's they have rides. Like it's cool, man. It's at um, used to be at Grant Park. Now it's at uh, uh, Douglas Park in Chicago. Oh, you come back to my city. Coming down here. Come down, Daredevil. <laughs> That's a lot of people's city. It's not hell my sketchy. City. Come on now. My city. Yeah, dude, my you'll city. be able to you'll be able to hang out with Sergio and uh you guys can share dank memes. Dank memes. Fucking Sergio. Love Sergio man. <laughs> oh yeah. We're going to the uh, dank meme store. We're going to uh Oh so you're going to Rip? We're going to We're going to, we're going to Shrek's Pizza. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, we're gonna go to Ripped, and we're gonna solve the mystery of the missing, uh, the missing uh, fan T-shirt submission. Oh. I don't know if anybody's following <laughs> that drama. Wow. Some, yeah. Uh, some real night, bring in, night bring, beat shit going on. Bring in some uh, THC drama. <laughs> hey man, it's it's the people's drama. Hey, I, I got a question. Uh, getting back to IDW here for a minute. Oh shit! Oh, get back on track, Walter, please. No, I'm getting ready to ask. <laughs> Are we? I mean, even current IDW stuff that's out right now. Is this probably the best written Transformer comics we have seen? Like the current the, the current like the stuff that's coming out yeah. now or the stuff we're talking coming, about right this, now? The stuff that's coming on out the stuff that IDW's been doing, uh, I would like to say. Uh oh oh yeah. Like well I mean I say that uh, more than meets the eye um, is, is a personal favorite. Like I liked R I D before it went to like Earth. Uh, which where Till All R One picked up I really liked Till All R One because it kept up with the, the goings on on time, um, but man, more than meets the eye is I think the the prime the of of the transformer storytelling. Yeah, that's, it's that's entertainment. So it's entertainment because, like you know, people are still pissed off. Oh, Megatron's an Autobot. Let me let me uh point them out there the direction, and I'll go to a Marvel character that recently came on back. Oh, uh, let's go with Doc Doc Ock. Which much with Peter Parker and became the superior Spider-Man. That worked. It sold. The same thing with uh, what is it? Lost Light now. 
Yeah. Megatron Beyond there, it's been selling. It's a popular book. So I like it. You know, one of my favorites. Without a doubt. And that's like, I really, I really, you know, I think uh, episode, like whenever we do two, three, and four, it's I think it's going to be a lot more fun, uh, which I, I think we're having fun right now, but um, just as far as from the, the actual storytelling, um, it's going to be solid. I mean, I sometimes wish, or I, I don't know, what would have been the outcome if Dreamway would have paid the artists. The art was good. I didn't have a problem there with that. The one thing that always kept confusing me, I always heard from certain people was, well, this is not a tie-in to between season two, the movie, and season three. So that I that I don't really know. But when they did War Within, it was cool, you know. Right. So yeah, yeah, Dream Dreamwave had some interesting concepts. Like I know. The Fembots were going to be like agents of the Quintessons. Yeah. Like Shockwave reanimated Unicron. Uh, you know, like Megatron. <laughs> the The funniest thing in Dreamwave is that like Megatron was like evil genius slash super tyrant because he could magically like tinker with all the Predacons on the planet of Beast and turn them into Predaking. And it's like, oh, so why does he have Shockwave around then? Yeah, I mean, it showed his uh, engineering skills in uh, season two of the cartoon, so it's like, you know, it showed it. <laughs> something uh, something that I, I liked a lot about the, the Dreamwave run was uh, the falling, you know, the kind of introduction yeah. of that, which that's something, man, Simon Furman has been pitching and working on you know, for years, the whole original 13 thing, and it kind of got its sort of humble beginnings there, and, you know, that's kind of a, a point of, of, you know, discussion in, in the current comics right now, um, you know, with with the various original 13 Transformers that Prime has made. Um, and with the conflicts with uh, Mistress of Flame and all that, and, uh, or not with, with, um, the Victorian bots and uh, Optimus Prime, which is actually a, a surprisingly entertaining read. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, probably because like, it's just batshit crazy with the Junkions <laughs> and the Sharkticons and the Quintessence ship from the movie and like just all these random fucking things thrown together. Ha, shout out to nostalgia. Yeah. But, um, getting getting kind of back on track. Uh, I think Spotlight Galvatron is is uh, next up. Um, this is where we see some more of that kind of uh, dead universe uh, expansion stuff st- uh, start to happen. Um, <coughs> it starts out with a with with an anomaly. It looks like kind of like to me it looked kind of like, like like a black hole opening up, uh, or maybe even like a a transwarp portal. If uh, you know any of you guys are into Beast Wars, um, in which Galvatron kind of comes Beast out. Beast Wars. Da, 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 da. I don't. I don't acknowledge that as real Transformers. Oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. Ow, my heart. Galvatron. Galvatron shows up and um, he just starts um, just really <clears throat> busting shit up, and he's talking about being the harbinger of unlife, which is um, super emo. Uh, looking back on it now. And, like, this is... Okay, like, this is... I, I gotta get a little personal with this story. Um, at, at the time I, I, I was reading this, 
Um, I was I was still living with with my folks, and I, I got home late one night, and I'd get home at like three o'clock in the morning, right? Thinking everyone would be asleep, so hey, I can read comics. Um, and I just I just hear my stepdad just nailing my mom. Uh, so this is this is a hard story for me to get through, <laughs> so to speak. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so to speak. It's uh. Like so, I kind of, I kind of just like put the book down. I think half. I don't even think I finished reading this all the way. To tell you the truth, it's just a uh, super triggering, honestly. Um, but I think there was, there were still some Autobots uh, left behind at Thunderhead Pass. I'm just kind of monitoring it, I guess, just in case uh, Thunderwing ever wakes back up. Um, in in which case, it's like, let me see, Autobots that were there, like Sideswipe and. Leadfoot and uh, Hound. Hound was like, what would what would those guys have done? Like Leadfoot, I think was a wrecker, so um, like he could have maybe held his on held his own uh, if not for Galvatron showing up and just killing him on the spot. Um, in what? Which case, like, yeah. Um, in which case, I think like Hound was kind of in charge there, and um, after that, they all kind of packed up and. Uh, went back to Earth, which Sideswipe was wanting to go back to Earth anyways, because uh, I think he was hearing some of the troubles that Sunstreaker was having, and uh, Sideswipe had something to prove. Um, which was, uh, you know, kind of some, some character development for Sideswipe, um, who who I kind of liked in, in his IDW roles. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, uh, due to being outside of the Dead Universe for so long, like Megatron, or Galvatron, excuse me, started to kind of weaken, and... Uh, he had to he had to return just due to the properties of the dead universe. Well, he he didn't weaken when he got shot in the head and his eyeball flies out, and then like two panels <laughs> later he's spinning around like killing motherfuckers. <laughs> I, I read that I was like, man, it must be in fucking crazy town. Like, how did he get up like that so fucking quick? But uh, yeah, it's that, I think, that was, I think it was because because of the stuff like the the effects of the dead universe were were wearing off. Like he was already dead, so to speak, so, you know, there was that, he couldn't, yeah. he couldn't die again, basically. Yeah, exactly, well, yeah, that's the thing, that's the thing, yeah, he, he was kept eternal by the darkness. Alright, uh, did anyone else have anything they wanted to add on Spotlight Galvatron? Because <clears throat> that was kind of like, that's kind of the beginnings of, you know, that whole dead universe, uh, like Nova Prime thing. Well, at least he wasn't controlled by Unicron, so they made him a good character. I like, yeah, I like how they made him a totally separate character. Um, yeah, they didn't make him insane. Oh well, I don't know. I think I think he was still pretty batshit crazy. Um, Shout out to Insane Galvatron. <laughs> by the way, he's a good guy. Uh, but yeah, that's that's one thing I do like. I do like that Galvatron was just a totally separate character. Um, he didn't have to ride off of the Megatron hype. Now, continuity errors, I think this is the one where at the end, um, is this the one where it ends with Nova Prime and Gal talking to Galvatron about getting ready? Um, I think it was either that or, uh, I want to say it was either that or maybe Spotlight Cyclonus. Yeah, okay, it was definitely this one. That at the end, there's this whole like exposition, it's like Nova Prime has like 100 words and Galvatron has 10 but the speech bubbles are directed in the wrong directions. 
So, um, that's hard to read. Yeah. So Nova Prime's telling, or Galvatron's telling Nova Prime the Nova Prime lines and vice versa. So. Yeah, it's one of those things, and it was like the the word bubbles, long squiggly tails, like getting around artwork. So it was like really <laughs> funny that they got it messed up. It wasn't like a simple like forgot to erase a line. Like it was like they went out of their way to like arc these word bubbles. So, but anyway, I like I like so what's next? How, oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, 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 I'm sorry. What's up? I was just gonna say I like how Greg's got all the got all the info on the the, the errors. I dig that. Well, I am a Transformers fan, so uh, <laughs> if I can shit on if if I can shit on it, it pops up in my radar. So, gotcha. and I never forget about it. So, Greg's <sighs> just on TF Wiki now, just going through all the error sections He's of just... the comics that we're talking about. I'm going I'm going through TF Wiki, correcting all the error <laughs> sections. <laughs> Get it straight. <laughs> Dude, so true. Um, that brings us to Spotlight RC, uh, which this was a very, <laughs> very... Uh, the most controversial shit, Spotlight. No, no, this guy, that shit crazy. This got Simon Furman into so much, I say trouble, um, but the fans... Uh, oh my god, I can't believe he, he's such a woman. I <laughs> you know, like... Oh that's, my goodness. You know, oh man, like just reading all of the outrage online... Uh, regarding this issue, uh, I was like, "Really, guys? Like, he—if anything, he made the character like more dynamic. Um, like, it started out with the... her her being locked up in Garrus Nine because she's brutally like dangerous. Um, she's like killing shit. And um, anyways, I think uh, let's see what happened where Fort Max just looked the other way and let her go. Was it um... Monstructor? Yeah, Monstructor. That's right. Uh, but she ends up following them back to um, to the Gorlam uh, the Gorlam Prime area, doesn't she? Yep. And uh, you know, but before all that, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Um, I want to say was was it Fort Max that he asked her? He was, uh, you know, hey, what's your problem, chick, or something like that? And uh, she's just like, you don't even like. She goes, the thing that's pissing me off the most is like you don't even know you're doing it. You know, no, he was like, what's your problem, lady, or something like that? Yeah. And, uh, and she was like, my problem is you don't, you don't even know what, what you're doing, like, to, to make it a problem. Because no one knew that she was experimented on by Jaxus. She used to be a dude. She's the first transformer, so to speak. Um, which, which, like, you know, that was, that was, for, for, for back then, I think that was really, really solid writing. Um, to, to kind of go that route with RC as a character. And then after uh, Jaxus operated on her, uh, he just kind of tossed her aside. And he was like, "Well, whatever. I made a female, you know. Let's keep let's keep going with other sides." Well, and shit. she she didn't fit his ideal uh, idea of what a female should be, which is the important part there. That's right. why he threw her away. She didn't fit his image, or she didn't fit. Yeah, she didn't fit his image of what he was trying to create. He he was kind of so old fashioned. He just uh, he wanted a, a baby making cooking machine. He wanted a toaster, and she turned into a car. Like, you know, <laughs> with, with swords. With swords. I thought it was funny, like, so many people, like, extrapolated so many things from Spotlight RC. Like, oh my god, Simon Furman thinks that, like, women are just, you know, inherently, like, flawed, pe- flawed creatures. And 
like there's so much uproar about it that like people were obviously projecting their own like insecurities onto the <laughs> the narrative rabble 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 yeah just like with everything hey it just it just shows that you know the transformers fandom is ahead of its time because there was uh there was social outrage before it became the in thing <laughs> You know, it's always outrage. It's always like that. I, I just laugh up here at it. It's just pretty sad. Pretty sad. Well, I think some things deserve outrage, and then some things don't. And I think uh, it's drawing a line between what's important and what's not that uh, that people tend to, to lose sight of. But, you know... Actually, I met Simon Furman back in 2003. Hey, didn't. We had a con in Chicago. Very nice dude. He really is. Cool. I, I met him in 2012. He's just, like, nice as can be. Yeah, and when I met him, he signed my Armada book, uh, which had the star screen cover on there. So, you know, the dude is pretty cool, you know. And, man, it, to me, it was a nice... It was, it was an honor for me to meet him, you know, talk to him. And the dude is talented, writer, TV writer, you name it. Shout out to Death's Head. Yep. Yeah, and I think, um, I think Simon Furman even did some Doctor Who writing. Which, that's not surprising either, uh, all things considered, his proximity to uh, the origins of that. Have you guys met James Roberts at all? Anybody? Yes. No, I haven't. Never met him. He's a no. he's a super nice guy too. He is really nice. He might tell you he doesn't know where the party is, but he does. Oh, he always does. <clears throat> well, no, yeah, I met him, and then I saw him. <laughs> someone was asking me about some like room parties he have con. I was like, that guy knows where the party is, and like he was coming to the escalator behind me, and I gestured to him, and like he jumped back, and he was like, I don't know where the parties are. It's like. It was just so taken aback. <laughs> He's like, I find it, like, he he had this air about him. Like, if I knew, I would tell you. I promise. Yeah, and he's he's very he's like very very humble, man. I met him I yeah, met him in 2014, is. and I was just like, oh, dude, you know, I'm, it's so ecstatic to meet you. You know, I was I was kind of having like uh, I felt like I was meeting like a Beast Wars you know actor or something like me because I enjoy his stories so much. And he was just like, well, <laughs> thanks. You're the first to say that to me. I was like, no, I know that's a lie. Uh, all these people walking around and, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of more than meets the eye, little get-ups and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he was just, he was, he was just a spot-on dude. Really cool. Yep. My, uh, the centerpiece of my, like, office art display is, um, it's a signed copy of the script for Little Victories, which was the one where they, they make the whole movie to show the to um, oh shit, Thunder Clash. You remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the Circle of Light recruiting video. Yeah, and it was the packing comic for Trailbreaker, I want to say. But uh, yeah, so I've got that, and then I've got all the various um, covers framed with it. I think it's it was like a packing comic for Skids. Uh, yeah, you're right. It yeah. was Skids. It was Skids. Yep, because there was the one with Skids on it, and then there was the cover with uh, the Thunder Clash. Like fan photo, and then there was the one with um, Swerve had the wrong toy, and he had the G1 instructions spread out on the floor. 
but yeah, that's my uh, that's one of my favorite favorite things I own. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, so getting into devastation, everyone seemed pretty eager to to talk about that. Um, this is this is I believe where Six Shot popped up. I may have uh, spoken too soon he, earlier. I was gonna say, didn't the Six Shot happen before devastation? There was a Is there was a there was a spotlight Six Shot that kind of uh, yeah. kind of showed uh, some backstory for him where he was he was wanting to just kind of end his uh, Decepticon career of you know needlessly killing stuff. Um, in which um, some kind of entity told him, you know, okay, look, if you if you kill all of these, you know, this little group under your command, then you know, we'll we'll, we'll grant you like safe passage <clears throat> or something something to that effect. In which it was it was the Reapers. The Reapers. They were uh, they were a group of uh, like killing machines, like from shout out to X Men. Uh, yeah, they're they're a group of um, like basically uh, like one one offs from races that were like super destructive, and they were like, "Hey, come be a badass with us. Just kill your buddies." And Six Shot was like, um, "He thought like about buddies. it. He thought about it long and hard." And his 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 uh, his his buddies were just like, "Dude, really?" <laughs> uh, which ultimately he didn't. So. That's that's probably, probably, but this this I think is where a lot of the stuff with the machination kind of uh, uh, wrapped up too. Like I, th I think uh, didn't we see uh, some more of Scorbinock in this uh, in the series? We did. And this is where the it's... dealer and hot rod thing with the um uh, the shit. What's it called? Magnificence. The magnificence, yeah, that thing that we don't know anything about anymore. Well, the, the thing the thing that looks like a brain module, <laughs> right? The thing with uh, Scorponok in this issue was carrying over from Spotlight Ultra Magnus, where they showed that Scorponok was working with these various races, and it shows Zarek, um, and and while Ultra Magnus is sneaking around like in his like avatar, he comes across the uh, modified Nebulon. Which was, uh, you know, he's like, this is mixed with Cybertronian technology, and it's like it's a transformable organic. Um, and then Zarek's killed uh, accidentally, and it's spoilers, but, I mean, we kind of glossed over it, like, it wasn't that important, so spoilers, fuck it. Um, he's accidentally killed by Scorponok. He's like, what have I, you know, what have I done? And then for whatever reason, like, you don't you don't see Scorponok in robot form, do you? Or you do? Yeah, so you for what? Do. So for whatever reason, and I don't know if they they cover this in another issue, but yeah, Scorponok is in head form, and the spoil. Oh, well, that's a spoiler because because you see the head at the end, you find out who he is. But uh, it shows that he he picked up on the same work with the headmasters with the the Machination um, group, or he was the Machination group, I guess. Um, and it shows that he brought his uh, his show to Earth from Nebulon. But uh, yeah, you don't you don't see why he's missing his head do you no okay. no you, yeah I, I don't think I don't think you do or maybe he volunteered his very, head yeah, I don't know very likely but uh yeah I, I enjoyed it and I enjoy the emotional impact that this story has later um and we'll cover it we'll talk about that when we get all the Megatron but um anyway 
Right, and this is uh, this is we see we see some of the like beginnings of Skywatch, um, and like what all they're doing. Um, Galvatron or not Galvatron? Uh, Nova orders Galvatron to to go to Earth. The, I think the Reavers uh, arrive at Earth as well uh, and start attacking the Decepticons, in which uh, Megatron has to recall six shot. Um, And then Galvatron promptly, you know, dispatches them all and was like, oh, hey, that plot point's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he just, like, backs away into the shadows. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Like, the when he... What was the leader of the Reavers? I can't remember his name. I don't even know if they had a name. But he's like... Yeah, I think I think they did have names. But he's like, you, you say you're a harbinger of death and then you affect him with the darkness and he's like, be one. And... He starts like, and that's kind of like the hate plague, except it's the death plague. But um, yeah, that was pretty cool. I think that was a throwback. I mean, I, I like to think that was a throwback to G one as well, but it might not have been. It might have been a coincidence, but I still appreciated it nonetheless. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, this was. Just, I was gonna say, yeah. Did anyone else have anything they wanted to like really touch on for? Um... For, for uh for devastation yeah I, well i mean again like with the headmaster thing like this just seemed like this is another instance where it seemed like a few people got a hold of a license and they didn't expect it to go past a, few, a certain number of issues so they tried to shoe in as much as they could before it was canceled yeah um, it, it well, does have a lot going actually, on actually the reason it has that feel is uh because um, Simon Furman actually intended for Devastation to run longer, but he got word that All Hill Megatron was taking over the continuity, so he had to wrap up, like, every story thread, uh, wow. in four issues. Oh, man. We didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, that, uh, that certainly explains it. Um. Yeah, so if, it, I, I can, su- I can summarize Devastation in, like, five sentences. Um, Skyfire uses the uh, cradle technology from Bludgeon uh, to override the guardians of the uh, like points that would have uh, brought about the expansion, and then everything gets wrapped up, and then we get all hail Megatron. You know what? And also IDW they. <laughs> They made Six Shot a badass character. Gotta give him more credit to do. Yeah, they really did. Uh, he went from being a token Japanese character to um, someone with some actual story, uh, which which is I, I, I like that. I liked um, I like that IDW did do that, especially with a lot of the Japanese characters. Uh, which I know Six Shot appeared in like you know the the last four episodes of G One, but you know he still well, he- shot his gun. And that was it. Well, uh, he was. I mean, he was introduced as nothing but a badass in uh, Rebirth, though, because Galvatron's like, show them the power of a one robot weapon, and he's like, he turns into six modes, and he takes on six different motherfuckers with six different modes, and then that was it, and he disappears. And it's like, buy the toy, but still, like, it's like this guy's a badass. He only needs like this introduction and thirty seconds of screen time, and then people couldn't find his toy anywhere. And then, and then, and then, and then, six shot was stepped on by Metroplex in yeah. IDW. 
and still survived and lived. That's that's badass. Uh, so this yeah. takes us to uh, Spotlight Grimlock, which uh, I, I believe kind of wraps up kind of that, uh, that that Scorponok arc, um, because uh, let's see, the Skywatch decides they want to activate Grimlock, which um, evidently they they dug him up, and they were trying to control him, and I think that's that's what made him um, brain dead essentially, like they were working on his on his brain trying to control him and stuff like. Like that. Um, anyways, he ends up having a, uh, a run-in with uh, Scorponok, and uh, Abraham Dante was his headmaster. That's why he had the, the head mode. Um, anyway, Scorponok tells Grimlock that the Dinobots are dead, and um, he's on like Magnus's list of dudes to arrest, and he was trying to get Grimlock to join him and taking over the Earth and you know, undermining Megatron and all that. Uh, at which point Grimlock responds with a swift left hook. Which is, uh... Nice. Yeah, pretty, pretty awesome. Um, and I think Grimlock had a couple of flashbacks to the Dinobots in this episode. And, like, because apparently Scorponok had them cornered on a planet. Um, did some damage to them, like that. Um... I, I don't. I can't remember. Did, did Grimlock actually kill Scorponok in this? No. He didn't. Okay. Oh. What? And, and it may be. It may be later on. But what? What happened to? Uh, to to Scorponok? Because I, I I can never remember. And I was looking for it earlier when I was kind of you know skimming over everything. Is he just one of those dudes that disappeared? Yeah, I think he disappeared because I thought he was. Uh... I thought, because, uh, I, I, maybe I'm jumping ahead, because, um... Oh, what, what was the name of that series? Maximum Dinobots. Was That's it Maximum Dinobots? See, I may be getting the, the two kind of confused, too, since we are talking about Grimlock. Right. Because, like, at the end of Maximum Dinobots, uh, Magnus captured uh, Grimlock. Grimlock kind of surrendered. Yeah, that's right. Right, that's and, what that's why he ended up on Garrus Nine. Right, and did did Ch now I'll I'll freely admit I didn't read Maximum Dinobots prior to this episode, um, but Shockwave ended up on Garrus Nine too. Was he involved in Maximum Dinobots as well? Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Damn, at least I can remember that. <laughs> Yeah, they they both they were uh, part of that kind of deal. In which Overlord, I think, like didn't Overlord just set both of them free? Oh well, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. That's there's, you know, that's we'll be stuck talking about sins of the wreckers way too early, or not sins. Last stand of the wreckers way too early. And uh, I want to get the candles lit and the lotion out whenever we get to that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I mean, so <laughs> sun. So Sunstreaker, like, his Headmaster story arc wrapped up at the end of uh, Maximum Dinobots as well, right? Yeah, isn't that where they, they separated uh, him and Hunter? Yeah, because then that leads into All Hail Megatron, which we'll talk about later. Right. It's It sucks because, like, we're, we're, we're alluding to these, like, bigger, better stories. It sucks, like, not being able to, to, to get proper, which... Uh, 
Yeah. In time, I guess. <clears throat> Spot Wheelie, I kind of wanted to touch on just for a little while. Um, Massive continuity error. Holy shit, isn't it, though? <laughs> this, like, and I think they, they kind of retconned this uh, later on in, in R.I.D., um, because I think, I think it's a, it's a, a, like, time issue, like, with time travel. Right, like, the, yeah, cause there's, um, cause Reflector is dead in Spotlight Wheelie. Right, and it shows, and then, it shows how, how he died. In, right, you know, and then, much later, uh, uh, and later, and later on, you know, we see Reflector alive and well. Um, but there's there's a list in uh, Spotlight Wheelie, and uh, Wheelie is like all the way on the list behind Roller. But I think I think the I think the um, I think the intention was that Roller they were talking about Optimus's little drone Roller, mm-hmm. and not Roller as we know him from uh, you know more than meets the eye and. Uh, chaos theory, right? And then that's that's and I, th- I think that's possible too. I think that's why Optimus called his drone roller. I think that's why he called him Roller is, is because of, because of that particular character. But but yeah, this is this is one of those uh, like very it, it was because of like how it happens and where it happens um, with that whole time stream thing. Like Wheelie remembers all of it, and he's like. You know, no, I don't want to go back to that planet. And this is way later on, but, you know, it shows, like, how he developed his, like, speech impediment, where he had to talk in rhymes, and it, you know, the events of being on this planet alone and dealing with all the hostilities on this planet, like, really screwed him up in the head. I think, yeah, this one was a really, I thought this was a, we're talking about Spotlight Wheelie, right, I I would assume. Yeah. Um, I think the, uh, sorry, I had to step away from it. Welcome Uh, back. Thank you. I think... Ooh, I get the perps. Um, the beer burps, The story... Huh? Uh, no, it was uh, nitrous oxide burps, actually. Oh, but, nice. um, Yeah, that and the heroin. Um, <laughs> I thought this was a pretty good story. Like, this was a good way of handling Wheelie. Um, this was another one. This was... Who did the art for this? Was it Livio? Yes. Uh, wait. Yeah. Let's check. Because this has... This had that kind of washed no, out. This was like, Klau- uh, Klaus Scher- Scherwinski? Scherwinski? Uh, but it looks it looks like it looks like very uh, Livio artwork though. Uh, I, yeah, I, it's yeah. got that weird like drippy like rusty look. If that makes sense. Very know. very like dark and uh, yeah yeah it definitely looks like Livio's artwork. But but oh this is. Yeah, this isn't exactly what I'm thinking about. Never mind. I'm thinking about another uh, comic that may be flashback to this. So never mind. I, I take that back. Um, yeah, the artwork in this was pretty good. It was pretty dark, but it was pretty good. But yeah, I'm thinking about maybe some flashbacks or something that happened in a later issue that um, that he was in. But yeah, I thought this was a good story. I thought it was a good way of handling uh, the whole wheelie um, situation. It's definitely one that, uh, that, I, uh, that stuck out. This was actually one of the first IDW books. Um, I read a couple, and then I didn't read any. I read a couple when they first came out, and I couldn't keep up. And then I just happened to grab one, and it was this. And then, so it was like the first couple issues, and then this, and then I missed like all the stuff with uh, 
the infiltration and or excuse me with uh, escalation and devastation and all that like i missed all of that so it was like i think actually what i read was the first couple issues of infiltration and then all of a sudden spotlight wheelie and i was like oh this is a weird series but um anyway right um I think up next is Spotlight Cyclonus. Uh, we see some kind of modern day, like we see, we see two two kind of stories going on at this point, um, where the Autobot or Optimus Prowl and I think um, Ultra Magnus, they all go or Ultra Magnus says he's going to Garrus Nine, but something happened where he had to change course and meet up with uh, with uh, Hardhead. Or was that Nightbeat meeting up with Hardhead? Because, Night, yeah, Nightbeat and Hardhead met up on Gorlam Prime, I believe. Um, and Optimus and Prowl ended up going uh, to meet with Fort Max and uh, Jetfire on Garrison because of uh, some escaped prisoners, which I believe was kind of in reference to Monstructor and uh, RC. Um, but at this point, Sonus has, uh, he's, he's kind of, he went to the, the surface of dead Cybertron and was kind of checking stuff out, in which he, he came to the realization that, um, they could not survive outside of the dead universe, um, without facing Oblivion, uh, with the exception of Galvatron, for whatever reason Galvatron was, uh, the exception to that, uh, rule. Yeah, because they, they started to decay, right? Uh, yeah, and, and yeah. it was, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Other than that, I think I think that's um, it's kind of setting up more of the whole Nemesis Prime um, starting the expansion properly. I guess like he's he's getting close to re-entering the uh, regular universe of the living universe. I guess we would call it. Well, it's about damn time he started the expansion. It's only been it's, how many millions of years? It's, yeah, that it's not only has it only been millions of years, but it's also been like I don't know, ten spotlight issues. Of just... Talk about that shit's worse than episode of Shatter Cats. Like, <laughs> how many times you need to get sidetracked in one uh, in one fucking mission? I mean, I mean, truth truth be told, like uh, tonight, I think we we've done some some serious uh, expansion. Um, all the times we've gotten sidetracked. But it happens. Oh, well, this is nothing. This is, uh... Yeah, this is, uh, elementary. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so about Star Wars. I'm not really gonna talk about Star Wars. Oh, oh we're not? Well, I mean, that's... that's you know, it's <clears throat> not a big Star Wars guy. Fight me. What? Yeah, fight me. I just... I, I don't see... I mean, like, I, you know, I grew up, like, as a kid, you know, I had the, the VHS tapes for 4, 5, and 6... And I, I watched them a ton, but it's just I—I I don't know, man. I just didn't get all the hype for uh, these last couple of movies. I mean, I watched. I must them. be in Crazy Town. Yeah, dude. Someone doesn't uh, doesn't hold Star Wars to the to the godlike standard that it is. I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just not crazy over it, you know. I hear you, man. Some people have Star Wars. Some people have Beast Wars. You know, it's <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely have Beast Wars. Beast Wars is best wars. I hear ya. It's like the, it's like the Battlestar Galactica of Transformers, but you know, is what it is. <laughs> Shot fired, shots fired. We got a man down. 
I was just trying to cover. I was trying to like cross across like all the various science fiction, like between Transformers and the the various space shows. I didn't want to bring Star Trek into it because I don't want Spiros to get mad. So, yeah. like, what? What? Why would I get mad about Star Trek? I don't know. I just said that you were you were my 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 way to get out of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Spotlight Hardhead. Uh, this was um. This one, this one was. I think this is another one of those kind of confusing spotlights. Like it goes back to the events that happened in Spotlight Nightbeat, because uh, Nightbeat is, you know, concerned about his missing memories around the time that he was, you know, around uh, Gorm Prime, uh, which I, I think at this point uh, didn't like the inhabitants of Gorlum Prime. Didn't they call their planet Cybertron or something super weird like that? Like they 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 like evolved technologically like super quick. Uh, before the planet just kind of died, and like no one was left on it. Well, like everyone, everyone's frozen on Gorlin Prime when they go there, yeah, and they note that they're they seem to be uh, evolving from organic to techno organic. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it, I guess like they're saying that it looks like Gorlin Prime is evolving into a second Cybertron. So like there, it's it's all you know, postulating on Nightbeat's part. Right. Uh, isn't this where Hardhead got stuck in the the dead universe? Or he got yeah. He got, yeah didn't he get shot in the head too? Or was that a? Uh... Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was him or if it was Nightbeat that took a bullet to the head. But it was definitely Hardhead. Which it took them years to kind of make that whole full circle story too that was I don't know man I wasn't I wasn't really a fan of this this issue uh, truth be told it just it didn't it just didn't do it for me uh, yeah I I think I like to think that like you're talking about it took them a while to wrap this up. Like, I like to think that the IDW offices proper, like around this time, was just a bunch of post-it notes everywhere, as opposed <laughs> to like James Roberts' like little marbled notebook, like we all had in like elementary school, you know, right. like with very neat notes and like references, and then like the the regular IDW offices had like post-it notes on the cooler, like don't forget about Hardhead, the water cooler, like. <laughs> Yeah, it just, I mean, and, and it really did, dude, it dragged on way longer than I think it should have, uh, through all of these spotlights, like, don't get me wrong, like, I, I dig kind of what the spotlights, you know, were doing, but it just, like, like this all wraps up in spotlight, uh, in spotlight, uh, Sideswipe, um, if I remember correctly, where, uh, Nova Prime finally makes his big wish, and, like, why this all happened in Spotlight uh, Sideswipe is beyond me. Like, you know, why, why choose a Spotlight based on that character to um, to, to do all this, to, to wrap all this up? Yeah, it comes back to the, um, the whole... Uh, they had to cut their plan short because um, the four Spotlights, Cyclonus Heart had Double Dealer and Sideswipe, uh, were under the Revelation storyline. Yeah. Mm, interesting. 
I got you. Uh, something while we're kind of on the topic of spotlight, uh, side spotlight. Uh, I do like the ending there, where RC is just killing Jaxus over and over <laughs> again. Like she finally gets, uh, you know, her her justice well served. But uh, other than that, I mean, there were, then there was, um, you know, I think uh, no, uh, Nemesis wanted the Matrix from Prime. Um, in which case, didn't he give it to? Didn't he give it to Galvatron? I can't remember who he gave it to. No. No, Galvatron, never... Galvatron shoots uh shoots Nemesis. Yeah, he betrays him. Yeah. Which is crazy and... for what happens later on, but whatever. Well, yes, all through Mega I mean, ever since we first saw Galvatron, um, like in Origins and all that, I mean he's saying like, this is temporary, I'm biding my time. Like, I mean, that was his like so his exposition. Um, in his solo scenes, he's like, you know, we'll play this game now, but as soon as, you know... You're back. As soon, yeah, as soon as the opportunity arises. And it was it was mirroring the uh, relationship he had with Unicron in the animated movie. Right. So anyways, there's that. Like, basically, um, op- doesn't Optimus take over uh, Nemesis Prime's body? And tells him, stuff, tells him stuff like he can't mourn, you know, the death of Nova Prime because to him Nova Prime died six million years ago or whatever. I remember, I remember that kind of dialogue. Well, that leads up into uh, that's that that's right before the death of Optimus Prime, right? No, 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 no. This is this is uh, this is before Nova is Nova. He's um, he's still calling himself Nemesis. Um, but well, he was Nova. The, he was Nova to begin with, right? Yeah, he was never, he was never called Nemesis. Well, he he was referred to as Nemesis, but oh. prop. Yeah, he was he was Nova uh, until the Dead Universe. But they do this thing where I think that that's what led that bad that final battle that came up in. Um, oh shit! It, it was the comics that came with combined the not Combiner Wars. Uh, it the came when they first that was that was the Dark Cybertron stuff. Dark Cybertron. Yeah. Wasn't that that was in the Dark Cybertron stuff where they had that final fight, and uh, that stuff was right before the death of Optimus Prime, which led into the split. Oh no no no, that's that's, that's chaos. That's, that's, that's chaos. What theory. Yeah, theory. here's the deal. Yeah, like, yeah. Nova Nova has showed up three times. It's been a problem three times, and it's oh, like okay. I feel I, like out of myself. I, I feel like with Chaos Theory, to me, they they took another crack at kind of rewriting the story arc. At least that's what it felt like. You know what I mean? Um, which that's something you know we'll, we'll get into um, the the next time we do this, but um, it's definitely it's it's you know, but like like Spirit said, it's it's you know having to wrap all this up super quick. You know, I feel that whenever Chaos Theory happened, and then whenever Dark Cybertron happened, like I just I think it was too too reoccurring. I think that's why we're getting a lot of this mixed up is because we've had to see all of these you know Nova Prime. Returns so much. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's in, um, and going back to what you were saying about the, uh, Gorlin Bind, it's, it's at the end of, uh, Spotlight Sideswipe that, um, the residents of Gorlin Prime start calling it Cybertron. Yeah, 
Yeah, okay. That's I I remembered yeah, I was gonna say I remembered that being a um an important point, which was really insane. Like they never really touched back on it again, did they? Well that was that was a nod to Micromasters, right? Yeah, because um basically um the Micromasters are all over Gorlon Prime. Yeah. And they're they're like minions of the dead universe guys. See, just goes on a killing rampage of micromasters. <laughs> Poor micromasters. <laughs> Dude, they never catch a break. Um, this leads us into maximum Dinobots, though. I'm trying to wrap it up. Like I know I told you guys I wanted to try to keep it like an hour, you know hour hour and a half, but that didn't happen. Um, hour two and a half, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, this is where. Uh, Scorponok manipulates the Dinobots into um, causing a, a ruckus, and so that way he can send in his head mass so he could get some government contracts. Um, shout out to government money um, to to protect against potential like fu- future extraterrestrial uh, attacks and things of that sort. Um, looks like uh, this is where Hot Rod um, kind of comes in. He tracks him down. He gets the shit beat out of him. Um, Sunstreaker and Hunter are uh, also kind of in this. They're, they're after uh, the Machination. Uh, thanks uh, correct me, by the way. I had no idea how to pronounce that. Um, anyways, they were all just looking for Sunstreaker's, like, actual head, which is how they're making these, uh, these, these would-be headmasters. Um, which was, which was kind of see, like, you know, mass-produced uh, Sunstreaker headmasters was... Uh, a pretty crazy sight. Like, a whole bunch of Lamborghinis. Like, who could afford that, honestly? <laughs> Abraham Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just like, I'll, I'll just take all of your Galardas, please. Um, but, let's see. Isn't this the first time that Grimlock is uh, reunited with his, with his team, though? I think so. Because, you know, because after they were all kind of put into stasis lock. Yeah, and then they're all they're all like, "Hey, thanks for getting us in stasis lock app." <laughs> yeah, they had a they had a, some pretty bad blood there. Um, and this is also where where uh, Shockwave gets arrested by Ultra Magnus, um, which you know again plays into events that'll happen in in the next. Episode of this they do. Like, we keep alluding to it so much. I feel it's getting repetitive. Like I'm, not, I'm trying to not make it so repetitive, but it, it really is. Like this is just like super like bare bones. Actually, you're not because you're helping me on out because now I know what orders I got to put my books on in. You know, <laughs> I hear you. Is, yeah, I mean, this is the first time I'm hearing this. I'm like, okay, okay, you know. What spotlights go up here in order? Where this goes in that order? I'm like, okay, cool. Now I understand. Yeah, that that was an unfortunate thing with the release of these books and like the way they had to do some of the stories, like to to keep up with um, with sales and and just yeah. the way they were trying to sell it. Like a lot of people are confused about where things go and and, and what. And there is a list. I think um, it's on CF Wiki. There's a reading list. I'm sure it's elsewhere too. It had to have been elsewhere, but there is a list. There's a, a list of everything up into the split, I believe, of um, yeah. of a uh, 
chronological order. And and TF Wiki, they they do have a uh, a pretty solid like if you if you just you know look at their um, if you basically Google the IDW hardcover collection TF Wiki, it'll bring you to you know like each of the different hardcover volumes and where any potential printing uh, like order errors are in that too, uh, because even in the the you know the IDW preferred reading order. Uh, there's still some some issues with, with uh, story placement, but like Spotlight Blur, didn't that come out like way? Um, didn't that come out like after Spotlight Sideswipe? I you think know, so. For it to be where you know where it is, like right after Megatron Origins, in terms of you know storytelling. Well, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's neither I'm, here nor there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, I'm it's sorry. What, what was the question? Spyros knows the the continuity. Oh God. Um, <laughs> uh, when when was uh, wasn't wasn't uh, Spotlight Blur released like um, after Spotlight Sideswipe? Like wait, which Spotlight? Uh, Blur. Wasn't um, it released like way after it, it really should have been? Um, as far as releases go? Uh, I could not tell you when it was released. Um, but, yeah, I think I think it was released way after, and it was just kind of a... It was, a, it was during a fill-in period before All Hail Megatron kicked off. Yeah. Which makes... I mean, yeah, that does kind of make sense. But as far as, like, events that happen, you know. Um... But anyone have anything they wanted to add to Maximum Dinobots? I know we had talked about that quite a bit in Spotlight Grimlock because I got the two stories confused. Which I think says enough about Maximum Dinobots and that Grimlock Spotlight, how closely knit those were. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's good. Cool. Yep. I think Max, we've elaborated. Maxim? Yeah, I, I think the way that, like, if we've unintentionally elaborated on future plot details, like, <laughs> when we started, that kind of, like, negate, like, a lot of discussion, like, here, because we've already which, which is, which foreshadowed is okay. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with that, because it's, it's hard not to, because, you know, we, we've all sort of read the stories, and, oh, hey, you know, this, this you know, kind of attaches here. I kind of wish they wouldn't have done it so chronologically and would have just put it in, like, little sections. You know, that would have oh god, that would have made this so much easier. Well, but, we all know the bean potatoes is uh, all hell Megatron yeah. and Last Stand Records. Yes, we do. So. Yes, we certainly do. But speaking of a little bit of uh, pre meat and potatoes, um, uh, Drift. This is this is the Drift mini series, uh, which was he was a brand new character, which is something we don't really get a whole lot of. Uh, well, we didn't at the time, at least. I see we're getting more new characters. Uh, now, um, but this is. No, he set a, he set a precedent uh, when he came out and his toy. They both set precedents uh, within uh, the way that new characters were done. And they really did, man. And, and that's you know every now and again, whenever whenever I do get a, to talk about the toys, like there's two that come up, uh, and it's the the generations drift and the generation Springer being the best olds that Hasbro's ever made. Uh, and that's come from a diehard Beast Wars fan. Um, but That's I mean, a lie, because Generations Jazz is one of the best toys that Hasbro ever made. 
Shut your whore. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty it was pretty fun. I would I would say jazz. Yeah, I would say jazz is um. It's a tiny masterpiece. It's, it's yeah, I would say jazz was better than with drift, but definitely Springer is one of the better ones they've done in a long time. See, I, I don't know, man. I like I liked how how close he was to um to that artwork that we've seen. I think we see it like at the end of Spotlight Drift, whenever he's just a uh, Tokyo Drift in it. Uh, get it? Um, <laughs> I just I liked how accurate it was, and you know, for Drift to be like your token like Wolverine character. Um, you know, I, I think you even see a couple of, like, snicks whenever uh, he pulls his swords out and stuff like that. Um, but long story long story short, this is about a, a Decepticon named Deadlock, who was a brutal, brutal killing machine. Um, like, he was even more brutal than Turmoil, which, you know, we, we see kind of later on, uh, the R.I.D. ongoing after the Deadlock was Prime split. You know, Turmoil kind of talks about Drift and uh, his brutality on... Um, uh, Metal Hawk's uh, team that he was kind of in charge of before he became a dirty neutral, and um, but it just it just kind of it just kind of shows you know his his sort of fall from grace and how he's you know been recovered by uh, the Circle of Light and you know they teach him their pacifist ways. Uh, whenever he didn't know it, but he was kind of leading the Circle of Light or he was leading the Decepticons to uh, the the Circle of Light. Uh, and that causes um, the the guy that kind of vouched for him, whose name was Wing, to to die, which was a a pretty big bummer. Like I, I don't know, it was very it was a pretty sad story. But I, I do this is one of my favorite stories. Like this is I think a high note to kind of end on. Um, this and, and Spotlight Drift, where uh, he is kind of traversing the. Um, the, the, the galaxy in search of um, I guess his own kind of form of justice ends into the wreckers and recruited by uh, I think that at this point it was Cups Wreckers at least I consider it Cups Wreckers mm-hmm. um, and, and we, we do see more of that in the meat and potatoes all hell Metron uh, but, it, but, it, but it shows it shows their run in and how they're able to um kind of beat turmoil or so they think but we'll get to that later so if anyone has anything they want to they want to talk about with, with drift and spotlight drift uh, by all means this is one of my one of my personally uh, favorite like miniature arcs uh, it's just it's funny because like when drift first appeared in all hail megatron uh, like everyone was like wow drift is just Shakarthi's love letter to Japan <laughs> It's true, though. I, I thought it was a very good story. It was a cool way how they brought on a new character. And, and he well, yeah, because because okay. what it is is um, Drift showed up in All Hail Megatron with no backstory, um, and then Spotlight Drift actually came out after All Hail Megatron uh, to provide like the origin story. And uh, it explains why Perceptor is like a badass sniper in All Hail Megatron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and how that's and how Cup cool. is uh, is actually up and going too. Uh, that's that's later explained. Yeah, the the yeah. Mm-hmm. Perceptor took all his processing power and you know focused it on sniping, <laughs> which is which is crazy. 
It was like one of the. It's like a modern uh, video game. Like he just moved all his attribute points from uh, yeah. one field to another. <laughs> when did Perceptor become so scary? Yeah, that was actually right. <laughs> that was definitely one of my the highlights. Yeah. <clears throat> and then Jeff just uh, you know whenever I think whenever they were uh, messing around with the the roided out Insecticon, just hi slash yeah. The swarm. yeah. But um, but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Uh, and we are so far we are ahead. Finally, at the end, um, we had a little we had a couple setbacks. I uh, I dropped the ball tonight. Again, sorry about that, fellas. But uh, let's see, what's the time? What are we calling it at? Um, About two thirty. Uh, two twenty. Two twenty. Um, oh, the time the time almost matches the time. Oh no, it's are you guys serious? Wait a minute, what time did you get? What time is it? Uh, no, 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 it's, it's, it's two it's hours. Twelve. And twelve. 1240. Don't worry. 11, 1140. <laughs> yeah, it's 1140 my time, man. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Wait, what? Where? It's 1240 your time? It's 1140 my time. Oh, you're, oh, I was like, you're in, you ain't no damn Chicago. You're talking about 1240, but yeah, 1140, yeah. No, it's 11, man. I misunderstood you. Yeah, it's 1140, man. Yeah, I, mean, I, was, I was talking about runtime, but, uh, yeah, we, we, we yeah. went a little over the target, but, you know, it, it was fine. Um, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Well, it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I think we can agree it's fine. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, um, that's it until until next week. We finally get to talk about what we've been talking about all night, which is all, all hail Megatron. Um, and we'll be talking about Last Stand of the Wreckers and the Chaos Theory, um, with the Chaos Event. And we'll basically get all the way up until... Uh, up to the point of Death of Optimus Prime, so um, I think I think that's going to be probably the one of the better ones that we do. Um, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a, a three-hour. Oh, three hour episode right we, there. we all have so much to talk about and to contribute and to discuss with that. But you know, for any for anyone who's kind of out there that has stopped reading or forgotten about you know the events that happened, uh, you know, I think we all kind of collectively agreed on doing these sort of like catch up. Uh, pieces before we started kind of covering the, the stuff that's currently coming out um, which is all really good and we can't wait for that so anyways if you guys want to outro um, where people can find you at um, some shows things like that um, Greg take it away yeah I can uh, so uh, oh am I doing everybody I mean um Alright, so uh, check out Spiros on the Uber app if you're in the uh, Florida area and need a ride to uh, Orlando. Um, no, yeah, well, well, yeah, but you're in Tampa. You would give a ride to Orlando. Oh, yeah, okay. That's a, that's a good fare, right? That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to hook you up. I was trying to use some... <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is kind of... We didn't really discuss this beforehand, so, you know, let's we'll just play it. Um... It was cool being here and talking with you guys. Um, what do we have to shout out? Shattercast. I can shout out Shattercast. Uh, uncut every Friday morning on YouTube's and the iTunes. Uh, Dakota, do you have anything that you're involved with? Uh, yes, I am part of Stasis Lock, a Beast Wars uh, centric uh, video podcast over on Bricks on the Dollars YouTube channel. Uh, Don't you do that with Matt Baldwin? Yeah, yeah, Matt. He he shows on whenever he you know he shows up whenever <laughs> he can. Dude, Deluxe, Hale, Deluxe is a Hale Hasbro. Hale Hasbro. <laughs> That's right. He's like a, he's like a step cousin. He's like a step cousin up in Arkansas, man. <laughs> he's something. 
Yeah, dude. Love it, dude. But we also have all the other cool table networks, like you mentioned Shattercast Uncut, I mentioned Stasis Lock, we have Plastic Fanatics, Beers and Bolts 40k, Nerd Rage Radio, Toy Detox, um, things of that sort. Uh, Realm of Collectors. Realm of Collectors. Yeah, well, I think think saying Cool Table Network, we all kind of know it's it's, it's all part of the the Realm of Collectors. The the video form for this will be up on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel, uh, which I'll edit in some pictures, which is going to take a fucking ridiculous amount of time to do. Uh, but it's fine. I got I got free time. Walter, do you have anything to uh, shout out? Yeah, shout out to to you guys for allowing me to be here. Um, oh man, thanks for thanks for offering thanks for offering to to do this. It was kind of short notice, like put together. Uh, I I'd always kind of thought about. It. I was like, hey, uh, who wants to do a comics podcast on Transformers comics? So yeah, like I said, doing comics for over thirty five years. So I'm like, okay, something I can do. Perfect. Uh, shout out to Emma Collectors and to Hardcore Collectors. So, all in all, it was a good night. Very entertaining night. So, thank you. Oh, just a real quick edit. I meant to say Enter the Realm as the podcast, the not Realm of Collectors. Right. Enter the Realm of Collectors. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, well, I did it first, so, yeah. <laughs> All right, good deal. Well, uh, thanks to all of our audio listeners out there and all the video uh, watchers that are watching the video form. Uh, until then, we'll see you guys at some point next week. I don't even think we have a, a day set up for this. It'll just go up whenever it goes up, I guess. So uh, thanks for listening slash watching. We'll see you guys later. <laughs>